Hap Happy New Year. January 8th. Rob? Rob Roberts? Jamie Summers? Loki? I slept too long. I slept too long. <laughs> Okay, Jason, we weren't here last week. Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio, and we are live once again with episode number 943 of our show for January the 8th of 2023. See, Jason just kept waking up every single day hearing that they were doing another vote in the house and thinking it was Groundhog Day all over again. That's what was going on with the intro there. Anyway, hi. I'm Rob Roberts, and I'm here with you for our first show of our 21st broadcast year from 20, 2002 excuse me, to 2023. Uh, I am Rob Roberts, and joining me is Dark Soccer or Jamie Summers. Hey. Hey, how is your 2023 so far? Um, rainy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll t- we'll talk more about that in a moment, but please say hello as well to Techmaster Loki. Hello. Hi, Loki. How are you? I'm fine. Tired. Yeah. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> Me well, too. It, it's medication now. Well, I mean, it has been medication for a while. Oh, okay. So. Well, I hope you are. Uh, I hope the medication is helping more than it's. Oh, yeah. Harming. It's 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 okay. just it makes me tired. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All the time. Uh, and hello to our chatters, because we do tape live, of course, every Sunday night at the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern, right after the Bobby Blackwolf show. We do tape our show live. Uh, we're here every week. We weren't here last week. We were originally planning to be here January 1st, but then just kind of a domino effect started happening. I mean, we did a show on December 25th for heaven's sake. So we got we gave you something during the holiday. But yeah, New Year's Day just didn't end up working out. Um, I had been in a show the night before, and then um, the power went out for quite some time that night. Uh, the the storms you're hearing about in Sacramento, which, um, yeah, I mean, like if you go to like USA Today, you're going to see they have a story about uh, half a million people in Sacramento were without power last night. And I think all three of us were among them at some point or another. So, um, yeah, we're we're living all that right now, and it's pretty it's pretty, pretty gnarly. I didn't think the storms were that bad, but I can I, – I... You know, I'm also very, very biased about yeah. that. Yeah. Um. I, I can. It's it's the kind of of rain that a Californian wouldn't be ready for. Right, and it's it's even though it's happened before, and they should be ready it, for it. It's, it's the whole. Well, hopefully, the whole reason why we have the weir is to you know redirect the waters so that hopefully downtown doesn't flood. Uh, some folks in chat, uh, SG100 Matt says, I heard about bad flooding in Sac as well. Yeah, uh, it's it's really sad, but it is the more rural parts of town um, way to the south end. And without doxing ourselves live on air, I will just say, Jamie lives on the south end, but not that far south. I live on the north end, and Loki lives like east-ish in the middle. So none of us are near that area that's flooding, but not to minimize the horrible stuff. I'm up that's on going a hill, on. so it, yeah. it's never going to be a problem. It's just trees falling. Yeah, that was it. And then last night, after the power went out, our trash can fell over, so I had to go out. Um, oh, last night, but it wasn't raining though. It was just super windy. Yeah, it was kind of creepy because it was like super bright outside, even though there was no electricity anywhere. Oh, wow. It was just that like the clouds, you know, and everything uh, kept the light in. Um, but yeah, it was a little creepy. But uh, flooding, it's been more towards like the rivers and stuff, and like some of these creeks have swelled quite a bit, where it's 
like gone over the road and everything. Yeah. So and, and if unfortunately that rural south area is very likely to flood again tonight. Um, so so our show should stay on air through tonight because the next part of the bomb cyclone or whatever you want to call. It, I'm sorry we're talking about personal stuff, but it does it does kind of impact the show because like I would say last week in it part totally impact the show. Yeah, last week in part I really wasn't feeling it because the night before had been really rough with the storm. Loki had a personal engagement, and Dark Soccer and I were both just kind of like meh at that point. So <laughs> we we're just like let's just we earned a, a week off, so we took the week off. I'm sure nobody's. It was like let's call the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. I'm sure nobody's, you know, upset or anything, but it's just one of those. That's how it happened. So now we're here tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I had had my procedure before that. Right. That's right. And I was I was a little like, oh, you sure you want to do the show? Like, uh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, on the 25th, I had started preparing for it, which was fine. But then I don't know. I was just like, mm, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to exist. Well, and then that's the other thing. So so keep in mind, last week we didn't do a show because it was storming and then it stormed again in the middle of the week and then it stormed again last night. And now it's going to storm again tonight. Like that's that's the problem we're having right now is that we're not, you know, and, and again, to toss it back to a comment Dark Soccer said earlier about how we're not used to it. We're also because we're not used to it. We're not built for it. That's 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 the huge problem is that, you know, um, although they they have taken many precautions in, in parts of the town that are prone to flooding, like I was talking about with the weir earlier and stuff to to redirect the the, the water to the causeway and stuff. You know, it's just um, it's oof, it's it's a it's lot. Like, it's a lot of rain remember, back to back to back. I remember moving out here mm-hmm. and seeing all these buildings like are made of plywood as their base. And I'm like where's your rebar where's the you know where are your uh your concrete bases where you know and i was just like man if if the weather even sneezes this place is gonna fall over i wouldn't go out on the balcony of uh the apartment building because it was made of wood (laughs) yeah but it, I mean, when I first moved out here. But at the same time, if an earth, if a major earthquake happened in the middle of Boston, a major earthquake, not a my, happened in the middle yeah. of Boston, the city would topple over. And I hope it never does. I'm not, you know, but I'm just saying the architecture is different. You're prepared for different climate sorts of things. It, exactly. You know, it's at. the same thing that people are like, oh, Alabama gets hurricanes. Why don't you people move? I'm like. Los Angeles gets earthquakes. Why don't you people move? <laughs> it's something. It's Northern something California anywhere. gets set on fire regularly. Why don't you move? The only town that's perfect 100% of the time is San Diego. I swear like, nothing ever seems to happen in San Diego. That's the only place yeah, but, uh, they, in America. They've had some shakes. Yeah, they've I guess. Some... I guess. <laughs> but literally, literally, they probably have the best track well, record. That, and they also have extraordinary desserts. So I think that. Yeah, I think that that makes them extra special. Yeah, and I see other folks lighting up in chat, of course, like Tyron Claw saying Florida gets hurricanes. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, Pop Culture says we get tornadoes. Yeah, so and keep yeah. keep in mind, you know, we were gusting 70 miles an hour. And for you hurricane pros, that's nothing. I know. But again, for, yeah. for us, that's catastrophic. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I kid you not, one, it's, of the, it's big. one of the neighbor's solar panels was on the ground today. That's what kind of wind it was last night and you know how how well everything's built for that so it's just pretty wild pretty wild anyway uh, go ahead to, to actually literally to go back to your point though i mean it is a matter of of what you're used to yeah. in what the area that you're in is going to be prepared to accommodate you know so 
That's right. And and very very good point from Bobby Blackwolf. We're used to it, but it doesn't make it any less scary. Oh God, like those noises I was hearing no. last night. I was like, did my roof just blow off? Because it sounds like my roof just blew off. And of course now, I walked outside and I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. Now for me though, those sounds were comforting. <laughs> because You're weird. I well, no. I I would always have my best sleep during a heavy storm. Mm. And at my, my old house that I grew up in, we had uh, a metal awning that was right outside of my um, my uh, my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so wind and rain would hit it and it would, you know, and it would actually put me to sleep. Yeah, actually, so. our old, old house that I grew up in, in the older part of Roseville, where I grew up, for those that know the area, um, we had like a patio that was built attached to the house so like we had a smaller backyard because my parents had an outdoor or like an indoor patio built and added to the house but the Mm. when the water would hit that during the rainstorm because the material it was made out of it would make a lot of noise and it was it was actually pretty comforting until that house actually flooded one year and that's why some of this stuff gives me a little ptsd it didn't get past the garage but it got real close and like all of our neighbors were affected I do have to say I have a very vivid memory of being four years old during Hurricane Frederick, which was a Cat 4 hurricane, mm. um, and me keeping trying to go out and watch the windows and seeing an, a really old oak tree uproot in front of my house. Yeah. This, this oak tree was probably as wide around as a minivan uh, on its side. And that's like if you drive through downtown Midtown Sacramento right now, that's like every other corner. It's it's unreal so um and it just the only thing that sucks is it would be one thing if it's like well we got a week of sunlight to clean up nope another three inches of rain tomorrow and um there's pictures everywhere out there again i'm sorry to make this about the weather but again this is what we're dealing with i'll get to games in a minute um you see a lot of uh pictures of the weather out there or or the the bridge I, i think the 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 tower bridge you see a lot of that and the water's running really high right like right next to old town sacramento and like people are like And I see things on TikTok where people are like, Sacramento's fucked. Look at how high that river is. And there's another three inches rain coming. But the good quote unquote news is what they're neglecting is that there's a whole bypass system that's built that they haven't even activated yet. Uh, but it's getting close. So what happens is that they they open this thing called the Weir, and it diverts the Sacramento River into the Yolo Causeway, which is a rural land between Sacramento and Davis, California, where the university is, you've probably heard of. Um, and it just it floods that whole area. But it's all rice land and stuff that can resist flooding. So I don't know why they don't open it up sooner. But that's the quote-unquote good news is so that my house doesn't flood, that thing exists. I'll tell you what area I'm worried about is Rio Linda. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the place that flooded in the 90s, for sure. Yeah. And then the, sa- well, the, the same area that flooded on New Year's Eve. The construction over in this area, um, well, in the area outside of it, basically created a floodplain where there wasn't one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. more uh, human involvement, changing ecosystems. Oh, boy. All right. Yep. Well, speaking of the future, I'm actually surprised no one has pointed this out yet, but maybe because I've done a personal stream and some folks maybe saw this hanging out and I was just on Bobby's show and we were talking about it. But let me mention here on Orange Launch Radio, especially for the podcast listeners, behind me as we tape live uh, tonight, I now not only have a Burger Time arcade one-up machine, but I now have a bigger brother. A Tron arcade machine is uh, next to it. And uh, that was what I built um, pretty much right 
I think it was just about ready to go. Oh, no, I was building that instead of doing OLR on New Year's Day. Like while I was listening to Bobby, I was actually building the machine. So I was working on that most of the uh, most of the night on Sunday. So but you see it's all set up now. Um, I do really enjoy the machine. Long story short, uh, it I did not realize that is and you could actually probably see it right towards the top of the marquee is this is actually a black light in the machine and i didn't realize they'd actually replicated that i thought because the only other time i've seen this machine was at bobby's house and he has external black lights um so i thought that's why i was seeing the black light effect but the machine actually hasn't built into it which i thought was pretty cool and that's why everything inside it kind of glows a little more than maybe what you're used to but it's a really cool effect it's a really nice presenting machine i mean if as long as you can get over the fact there's only two games in it but uh tron is great discs of tron i'd maybe played one other time and so getting to play that a lot more has been uh pretty cool so uh, yeah, so long story short, I am enjoying the machine and, uh, that's why you see that behind me now, uh, on the feed. And that was my, uh, Christmas present from Alan who got it half off on a Black Friday sale. That's kind of why it was like, cause you know, the machine was really expensive when it first came out, but half off, that's a pretty good deal. So, um, Bobby says, I need your arcade one up username so I can add you. Sure. It's just Rob Roberts. All one word, Rob Roberts. Um, if you do add me. Make sure I have your username, of course, Bobby Blackwolf, but any other folks out there who happen to have a Tron cabinet, I'm happy to add you to the uh, gallery here because this is a, the, the newer Burger Time doesn't do this. Burger Time was right at the tail end before these machines started getting online on the Internet, and now they have online leaderboards. But that is literally the only thing this thing does is online leaderboards. It doesn't it's not like multiplayer online or anything else. It's just the leaderboards. Um, I believe like there's a Mortal Kombat release that they put out not long ago, re-release that you can play it online. I hear it doesn't run very well, but, uh, that's, I, I haven't experienced it firsthand. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, you can do online leaderboards, but basically what you're doing is you're creating a filter saying, I want to see these people and it'll filter for those people. Uh, Bobby Blackwolf says NBA Jam was the first online one. Well, then that's that's not too surprising. It went to Mortal Kombat as well because those were all midway games back in the day. And I think Warner has licensed all that now. So they're probably, you know, they, the arcade one up has put out a lot of Namco, a lot of Capcom and a lot of Warner at this point. So um, but it's cool that they got this Disney one. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do. You know, they did they did get the Simpsons and Ninja Turtle. They have old Konami games. And there's a lot of people, myself included, that would love to see a Konami classic cl classics Konami classic cab with stuff like um, Time Pilot, Gyrus, uh, Contra. Heck, Haunted Castle, if we could go there, although that, that game is hard as fuck. Haunted Castle, of course, became Castlevania, if you didn't already know. But the original Haunted Castle... Ca Why can't I talk tonight? The original Haunted Castle is fucking hard. It is a it is disgustingly difficult game. But I would love to see like a... Oh, Dr. Tsuya says they did Frogger. I didn't even realize that. But yeah, I would love... Of course like they did a, Frogger. Of course they did Frogger. But like, a, yeah, Time Pilot and Gyrus and all that would be great. Bobby says, Let, uh, last week, one of my AMA questions was, what would your ultimate arcade one up be? And I actually said they should make a home Beat Mania machine, put Sound Voltex on it, whatever. I would love to see that too, but unfortunately, they're not going to do it. And I'll tell you why. They're going to be competing against themselves with 2DX Infinitas and some of the online offerings they're doing. So they, they're not going to want to do that. But yes, Dreamboat answers, of they course. They could build the online version into that cabinet I, to play it, and then people would pay their subscription. Nobody is why. smart enough to think of that, Loki. Let me give you the ideas, Konami, since you don't have them yourself. 
Also, I, I think there was a cabinet with time pilot in it. I bet it was the Frogger cabinet. Then maybe I need to take a second look at that cabinet. I probably I just so. laughed it off because it was Frogger, but I love Tom Pilot. Yeah, it has Gyrus too. I'm in. Uh, let me check. But I would I would love a DDR replica cab. I mean, I don't. I, I they could make a sol- They could make it a solo machine. They could literally sell like a solo machine as an arcade one up type of thing. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Let's get into our official kickoff topic tonight. I know we've been talking literally about the weather and that sort of thing, but I do want to get into uh, some other topics, including since we didn't end up doing a show on New Year's Day, we haven't had an opportunity to look back at the best of 2022 and look forward to our official predictions for 2023, which admittedly we've been slacking on the predictions a little bit ever since we went virtual and the pandemic and all that stuff. We're going to bring them back this year and actually do some predictions. So... Looking back onto 2022, I want to kind of go around and see what were your favorite games of the year and maybe any additional highlights you want to share with the crowd. Um, Loki, I'll pick on you first. Um, My favorite games of the year, I didn't play a whole lot, obviously. Um, So really, my highlight's probably going to be Goat Simulator 3. I think that was a great sequel. It still rode that balance of really broken and yet polished um a lot more polished than it was before and i still need to go back and play it somewhere because they have been doing regular update updates to it it's really gonna hit its stride once it hits steam because it's one of those epic store exclusives and that'll be when all the modding support comes in and i'll buy it again of course um the other game of course that's been fun to play this year is power washing sim um so power washing simulator is just really fun and relaxing to play through and i'm glad that they keep adding stuff to it as well and then of course minecraft but you know you heard me talk to death about minecraft what, what can i really say still going and that's worth noting it know? is it is and you know for sure that they're trying to add like some different things to it like definitely the last update you know kind of had a little bit more of a gary horror element to it sort of um, which is kind of cool. So that added a little bit of something. I'm still curious what their next update is because it's, it's vague as can be. It's like, I don't have any clue what they're going to do aside from, we've got these bits and pieces. And it's like, okay, what is it though? Well, you know, it's 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 uh, about creativity and making the world your own and telling stories. I'm like, that's what that's what Minecraft is already. What we so gave what, they want to make a Roblox? <laughs> like, what are they? <laughs> well, no, I mean they don't want to make a Roblox. I think they're going to try to like stuff that you can build more lore into, or something like that. Things you can interpret. Um, it's a bunch of excuses that they don't want to just share what they're doing because if they don't get it done, people get upset with oh, them. Like the 4K graphics pack. Well, no, well, yeah, that too. Um, but no, they're um. It's just because, and they they blame it on the community too, like that, like well, we just were showing you concept art. We never said that like we were gonna do all this, but yeah, but your last update was called the Wild Update, and you talked about how you're going and revitalizing biomes to make things more lively and coming to life, and you literally added one biome and then one that you've already promised that was supposed to have been in two updates ago. And you added those into the game. And you're like, oh, wild, all done. It's like, but but that's only one biome. You said you were going back in and like revitalizing all of them and making them feel more lively. And you didn't do that. 
So obviously people were disappointed. But they're like, no, 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 we never promised anything. We just showed you concept art. And then now they're like, well, we can't show you concept art because then you're going to think it's coming. It's like little, like little babies. Like their marketing team is just awful when it comes to just communicating stuff. Now they just don't. They just have shut down. And we're just not going to tell you anything because then you're just going to get your hopes up. It sounds like, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a bad parent, actually. <laughs> like, I could see, like, if you're a bad parent trying to, like, well, I'm fine, Billy. I'm not going to promise you anything because then I'll just disappoint you. Uh, so, I, I don't know. It, it's That wouldn't be the first time I've heard that excuse. It, it's just, like, it's stupid is what it is. So, now we have, like, no idea when the update's coming, what the update is. It's like they're not showing anything, which is fine. Like, you can do that. Like, when they did another update, which is probably the best one that they've done. It was like in 2020. And what they did with that is like, they just said, okay, all of a sudden, boom, here's everything. And everyone's like, whoa, this is really cool. And yeah, you know what? There were things that they showed off in that probably that were implemented in the game. And that's fine. People understand. But if you just like say, if you promise like all this stuff and then give you something that's like 10% of that, plus something that was like, should have been in there updates ago because that's what you promised yyr yyr puts it perfectly in chat who says never ever promise the kids the broccoli farm unless you're certain you can deliver the broccoli farm (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) like it's just and it's fine like people are reasonable and they'll understand i mean some people are unreasonable but like the majority of people are are reasonable enough to know that like okay i get it like you couldn't there was the pandemic. Yes, I understand that there was the pandemic and all that stuff. And and this update that you're talking about was really big. And so you couldn't get it done in the time frame that you wanted because it was a lot more complex than you initially thought, which is also, once again, a stupid idea to promise something that quick a turnaround when you, you don't even know the scope of it yet. Um, so then, like, that's understandable. But that was two years, now three years ago. Okay, pandemic's been over for a while. People have gone back to work. It's not. I understand it, but like they, they're, they're, they are now. They can't use the excuse. Well, we're just not used to working remote. Okay, it's been three years that you've been working remote. You're used to it now. Okay, so I don't want to hear excuses about like, oh, well, it's the pandemic is why we couldn't do it. No, it's because your poor planning is why you couldn't do it, and that's fine. Lower your scope down. Make it clear and understandable what's coming. Perhaps don't start a third game. There you go. Like, they're making Minecraft Legends right now, which is another game that, like, I... The more I see of it, the less interested in it I mm. am. And they have Minecraft Legends, Dungeons, and now this. Mm. Um, it's just... If your resources are spread so thin, then don't do that. <laughs> Lower your scope down. Whatever. We'll just... We just have to wait for them to tell us what it is. I'm sure in the summer something will come out. Yay. All right. Uh, Dark Sakura, looking back on 2022, what were some highlights for you? Dead by Daylight? Because uh, it had new chapters. Except I hate Wesker, and I hate the night. <laughs> um, no, for new games, I actually played uh, I played all the way through Cult of the Lamb, which I had such a fun time playing. That game is messed up and so fun and cute. And um, also, I started playing Marvel Midnight Suns. I played it on my Monday stream. And uh, I really like that game. Um, I can't wait until we get uh, more 
people into the the group and they do some really good stuff about the group dynamics for the people who are already there versus the avengers joining up and now i have spider-man in in there and he's absolutely perfect and i'm having a, a really good time with the game good yeah i i that's all i have to say about that i mean i I haven't really had many other things come out that super interested me, you know, but those two were the big ones. Um, Questbuster in chat says, yay, Midnight Suns. I finally finished my campaign a few days ago. So good. You know, in the Marvel department, I hear a lot of people really hyping up uh, Marvel Snap. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's people who are into it. It's not my kind of thing. Uh, Gotcha. I just see a lot of people on, especially Mastodon, where I'm at now, is uh, got got a few people I follow in there that are super into Marvel Snap and hyping that up. So it's it's like the Marvel license is thriving in gaming right now. That's certainly something to take away from 2022. That's uh, for sure. Okay, so uh, let's talk about my game of the year. So I'm going to pick something. I, I I actually don't think this one is too like outside the box or too like against the grain, but this is what I consider the game of the year to be. And I know a lot of people, you know, think it's God of War Ragnarok, which is fine, which is or Elden Ring, which is fine. Admittedly, I haven't really sat down and spent a lot of time with either of those games, in part because I still don't have a PlayStation 5. Um, although it sounds like maybe I can finally get one soon. We'll see. Um, but just also in part that again, the genre that Elden Ring is located in has not yet still convinced me to join it. And maybe that's, you know, my own hardheadedness. I don't know, but I actually would make an argument that there was another game that came out that I actually think did something so well. It supersedes both those games in my, I, I could tell you, I would, I could play both of those games thinking, just going into them, knowing they're probably 10 out of 10 games. And there's still another game I would probably say would truly represent the game of the year. And, um, some people are probably going to say I'm, I'm incorrect because this game technically launched in like December of 2021, but it didn't launch launch until the middle of the year this year, or more a little late in the year. So uh, I think most people probably discovered it this year. And I think some of you probably are figuring it out. And I will say, I think the game of the year is the bargain basement, appropriately priced, way underpriced game that provides so many hours of value that created a whole new genre. And that game is Vampire Survivors. I think that is the best game in 2022. I wouldn't say that's a new genre. Oh, oh, the survivor genre. Look at all of the knockoffs. I mean, I, I get that mm. I get that it's rooted in a roguelike. So that's probably where your feelings come from. I'm ga- I'm gathering actually thinking in- stuff like Smash TV. Yeah, but Smash TV and the the way the power-ups branched and the way you work through the game. I mean <laughs> I think it what it did very well is it merged all these concepts together. It's kind of like it created something new by taking the very best from all these other tapestries. And not only did it do it, like it did it so like it's a small, uh, only one or two people that made that game super duper on the cheap. And look about, look at the you know news about how, they pretty much were forced their hand to put that on mobile devices because everybody started ripping it off. And even now I start to see all these ads on, you know, TikTok or whatever I'm watching that are basically rip the survivor something, survivor this, survivor that. And we're not talking about the TV show. We're not talking about a Destiny's Child song. We're talking about this trend that Vampire Survivors started. Um, 
you know, and now we have games like Soulstone Survivors that I think are also very good that kind of take that idea of, you know, the progression and the the randomness of a roguelike with the action of a, a Smash TV or a, a twin stick shooter, basically. Because uh, some might say that, like, Returnal also does this very well. But um, I, I, I think Vampire Survivors, especially when you consider how much it costs and how prolific it got, is is why I would say that was probably the best game of the year, in my opinion. It's my opinion! So, um, looking in chat, uh, Dark Tutsia says, oh yeah, Vampire Survivors is at least top three. I just bought Super Smash TV on Super Nintendo. Mishi said she remembered playing it, It's so it's coming. Uh, and Fifth Dream agrees, Vampire Survivors is amazing. Dark Tutsia also saying, I don't blame you on Dark Souls. I tried it, I couldn't get past the first mid-boss, so I swore off Soul stuff. See, meanwhile, Alan, my other half, loves those Soul games. So that's like his gem. Yeah. So I, and more power to him. Like I'm, I'm not here to yuck somebody's yum. That's my favorite game of the year. Personally, you can't change that. So this is what it is. Um, SG100 Matt says, I get what Rob is saying. It's how it's implemented. The core idea is not new, but the implementation in this creative way is kind of revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's another good way of saying it. So, um, so there you go. That's, that's my hot take on, on what probably the best game of the year was. Um, as far as like, well, let's, let's talk about now looking forward, like 2023. What do we think? Uh, let's make some, let's make some off the wall predictions. So I'll just say, let's do like three predictions. We'll go around and each give, I think that's the way we used to do it. We'll each go around and give a prediction and I'll put, I will put it into a PowerPoint presentation since I don't have a, a jar, uh, that we can, uh, look at, at the end of the year, um, and see what came true and what didn't. I would invite those of you in chat over at twitch.tv slash VOG network to give your suggestions, because if we can't think of something, we might pull from our chat room over at twitch.tv slash VOG network. So big... do a variant of it. What's that? The 2023 wish list. You want to do a wish list? Yeah, why not? Because some of my predictions have to do with things that I don't think are going to land well. And it's not that I wish it on that, but... I will. I'll tell. I'll tell you what my wish list items are. But yeah, <laughs> I one of them has to do with something not doing well. So uh, I I want to leave it. In fact, actually, I think two of mine are perhaps construed negative. I think one of them would actually ultimately be positive. But we'll get to that. Um. So let's 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 go around the table. Uh, Loki, what is what's a prediction you have for twenty twenty three? Twenty twenty three. Hmm. Uh. I think that, uh, well, we're getting into a story about something that's not going to be uh, shorthanded anytime soon. Or, or apparently this, this year it's supposed to be readily available. But that's only because the other thing that's coming out this year, the PlayStation VR 2, is going to be impossible to find and scalped to death. And there'll be shortages for that all year round. So PSVR 2, impossible to find. Probably the safest bet you could take when it comes to predictions. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and follow that, Jamie. I hope you don't mind if I go out of order, but that's because my next one also has to do with the PSVR 2. And I'm going to be as bold to say, I think the PSVR 2 is a flop. I think the PSVR 2 does not move the same type of numbers as the first one. And I think there's multiple factors that come into play this time. I think number one, 
I don't think there's a launch title that's going to entice people. I'm not saying they're bad. I understand many of you have very passionate feelings about the Dark Pictures anthology shooter, and rightfully I'm so. I'm not paying a thousand dollars though for that. That's the thing. Is like that console. I have to get a PlayStation Five, which is like five hundred dollars. A PlayStation VR two, which is five hundred fifty dollars. I'm sorry. It's a great game. I really want to play it. Not paying a thousand dollars to play it. I actually think this is where some of the competitors, such as you know, um, I'm not supposed to call it Oculus Rift, but I'm going to because I I still hate the name Meta for the company. But uh, the Oculus Rift and and some of the standalone VR devices, I actually think they have a bit of an advantage here. This wasn't the case the first time around with the PlayStation VR. And I just think as well, you it also comes into those supply and demand issues. I think the, I think there's going to be a little bit of both. I think it's that it's going to be impossible to find. They are not able to make a lot of them. But I think at the same time, I think come the holidays, they're not going to move as many of them as they'd hope to. I, I think I think it's just going to flop. And I'm sorry, again, I don't I don't mean to be negative or I'm not wishing that it's going to flop. I just think the math for this launch doesn't add up the way it did the first time with the original PlayStation VR. I think the competition landscape looks a little different. I'm not sure there's that must have title out of what we're seeing in the launch lineup. I think if people want to play horizon zero dawn, horizon Vid West, they're going to go play those games. I, I just don't think, you know, again, I don't think there's that VR experience that people are, go- are like begging for. Uh, YYR says my prediction is that it sells out its initial launch shipment and then not much else. The tech looks amazing, but Sony is not supporting it properly with AAA games. Where is Spider-Man, Last of Us, God of War, Uncharted? Yeah, exactly. And on that top is exactly of, on top, it. On top of that, too, like you look at just people's financial situations. We're in like a recession. People are just going to drop five hundred and fifty dollars after they drop five hundred dollars for that console, like. That it's that's a tough sell, and especially considering that that's more expensive than say getting a Meta Quest Two or something like that, where that's more afford- that's a more affordable option, and you have PC titles which there are tons of, yep. and you can get for much cheaper. Like I, I just I don't know. I like I like I said, I really do want to play that Dark Pictures game. I'm holding out that they put it on PC at some point, and if not, then then so be it. I mean, I, I have until dawn rush of blood, but like I, I haven't used my PlayStation VR in years. I haven't used my rift in years, although I keep buying games for it though still, but I, I plan on it at some point, but I haven't used my PlayStation VR for a while and it's very dated. It, it's just sad that I can't like use that on PC. Like, Port until dawn, rush blood, please. <laughs> I think it on the PC. I think the one other thing I have to say, I think you know, because as much as I think Meta is actually unique, I think now we're seeing why they got into VR in the first place, and also like again, if Meta takes it a step further, and I I don't understand why they're not doing this more yet, but maybe it's coming. I don't know, and offers more experiences in VR and is able to sell VR to the Facebook audience. And let's be real, the Facebook crowd and the PlayStation crowd are. Some of it overlaps, so not all of it right now. I, I actually think Meta is a little more uniquely positioned. However, there is a cloud looming all over all of this because there is another VR device. And if this VR device, A, is real and B, launches in 2023. Eventually, whenever it decides the, to come the out. The quote goes, it is over for you, hoes. 
that is the quote for everybody else. Exactly, because they're going to come out and be like, look at we invented VR. It's, yes, it's I, the first time you can ever experience it because we came if, up with it. If Apple puts out a VR device, quote, it is over for you, hoes. That is <laughs> that that is my official. Pre- you know what? That's my sub prediction. If Apple puts out a VR device, it is over for you, hoes. <laughs> that's what i'm writing on the card all right <laughs> all right let's move on because i think dark soccer probably has something that's not vr but uh, maybe she'll surprise me i don't know dark soccer what's the prediction in your camp that the google uh chromebook cloud gaming system is going to bomb mm. oh is is do i sense a little stadia bitterness i'm not sure <laughs> tell me about no. this prediction thing <laughs> they're the ones who announced this a week after saying they're getting rid of stadia so I'm just calling it like I see it. People aren't going to want to buy a, a, a whole laptop just for cloud gaming and certainly not a Chromebook. I mean, people are going to want a good computer to play good games on, you know. Um, I, I just don't see it successful. I, I, I 100% agree with you because I, I'm also just no, nobody should support a Google gaming device with knowing their track record at this point. Nobody should be buying like, that. My money back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. At least there's that. But I, and I think that they might think, oh, well, that's going to make it all better, and we're going to do this announcement. Some of us really enjoyed the platform. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good way, especially like those games that, like, when they came out, they were all like glitchy and stuff. You know, <clears throat> cyberpunk. Um, I didn't have a lick of problem with it. It played beautifully. Um, I mean, I am. I, I did. Boosteroid kind of failed for me because their their servers just were were fairly weak, and I'm on um, GeForce on like the middle program, and that one's doing just fine. Um, but at the same time, it's like that that whole that whole thing just to come out with that announcement right afterwards. There's going to be people who are going to lobby against it. Number one, who, you know, people who are more bitter than I am. Um, and then on top of that, there's just like, I already have all of this computer stuff. Why do I want to buy another one just to play games on? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and if they're going to do that, they're going to get a stream, a, a Steam Deck. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like you look at it's not necessarily just like a Google de- developed device. It's more of like they're trying to sell Chromebooks a little bit more and i mean you look at the the chromebooks that they offer like at least the ones highly on the official google page the cheapest one's 399 i mean you might as well just buy a steam deck at that point you can do the cloud gaming on there and you can get steam games and you can hook it up as a regular pc and be able to run a lot of decent stuff like there's no one should be messing with chromebooks unless you're literally like my grandparents who just check emails and maybe read the news, and that's it. Like, that's the only reason you would need a Chromebook. And even then, I would just suggest to get a tablet. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, seriously, all someone needs is, like, an iPad Pro and the keyboard, and you're set. Yeah, you don't need a Chromebook. Like, it's a weird sell. It's like a Windows phone. <laughs> like, I sold I sold my laptop when I got my, um, my iPad Pro, because it did everything my laptop did, and I have a Mac Mini to work on all my other stuff. So, yeah, it's it, the whole thing is just janky. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of chat going on about the VR thing and that whole that whole thing. And I just want to um, because I, I, I thought it was a good comment here. GZ DR Forever says you don't want to watch the Last of Us TV show or the Twisted Metal show in VR. Personally, 
maybe I do, but not enough people to make a device like that, like sell, sell, sell would be interested. And I, I it's, it's, it's a hard truth. I'm sorry. However, again, because this company knows how to make an entrance, if Apple were to unveil one of those devices, I'm telling you, they're going to have people watching the new Avatar movie in it. And it's and even if you personally don't like that answer, I'm telling you, look at the box office, look at the track record. It's it's going to move Buku if, you know, again, this is all, you know, we, we know it's something they're... Print money. Yeah, we know it's something they're experimenting with. We don't know when, we don't know where. We don't even know if it'll actually happen. Experimenting with it doesn't mean they're ever going to do anything with it. So, but yes, print money. Yeah, it, it, is that, you, you know that question mark, question mark, question mark? That, you, step one, um, avatar in 3D home device. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Profit, okay? Apple has a team dedicated to that question mark, question mark, question mark right now. And either they're going to figure it out or they're not. And that's, that's where it goes from here. Anyway, moving on. Back to the game producers. But just since the chat is dominated with that talk, I wanted to uh, acknowledge that. Okay, so back to uh, predictions. Loki, uh, what's another one? Um, let's see. Mm, I think that... I and and don't forget, chat, we are looking for your predictions too. So don't forget to holler some of those out. Um, I think that the Activision Blizzard Microsoft uh, merger is never going to go through. And what? What? Why doesn't it go through? Because um, they'll try to make an example of them somehow. I don't know why they're punishing that you know entertainment company, but. The way I see it is like it wouldn't go through, and then when it doesn't go through, Sony will try to buy them. Mm. They'll try to buy Activision Blizzard. <laughs> that is that is so so shady, but uh, I could see it. Absolutely, I could see it. So, by the way, if y'all hear me typing, it's because I am officially recording our predictions to the record. So please excuse my mechanical keyboard noises in the back. Um, all right, uh, let's go. Uh, I guess I'll just go next since I kind of created that order last time so uh my number two okay again i hate to be negative but i think it's one of those things that at the end of the day is going to benefit this company at the end of the day and uh, my prediction is that yosuke matsuda is forced out of square enix um i think all this talk about nfts i think the way the general company's been kind of run uh and i i think ultimately I'm not saying Final Fantasy 16 doesn't do well, but I think the way the company has kind of failed to respond to some of these issues, such as the lack of diversity in the game. Um, and I, I, I know there is a subset of gamers probably that don't listen to this show, but there's probably a subset of gamers out there that roll their eyes when I say that. And my answer to that is tough titty because this does ultimately impact sales people want to see themselves represented in games period and although i still stand by that this is a japanese game industry problem here's the problem now square enix is the poster child for that problem because matsuda has failed to deflect the issue or um respond to it in any way really and although I think Final Fantasy 16 does fine enough, I think this is something we're going to be reminded of in many interviews, 
many reviews, many things that some would say it starts to be a distraction. It's not a distraction. I want to be clear. But some would say that, especially in Japan. And I think ultimately Matsuda-san, between that and the NFT issue, and I think this whole sale of the... um other stuff with like, you know, now that we know Crystal Dynamics is making a Tomb Raider thing for Amazon, I think all of these things are going to be viewed as like poor fucking decisions that we're trying to set the company up for being acquired. And I don't think it gets acquired, especially if what Loki just said plays out, Square Enix is going to get left at the altar so that Sony can buy Activision Blizzard. Of course, does that mean Microsoft buys Square Enix? I don't know. I, I kind of don't think Square Enix is bought this year. And I think Matsuda-Sam pays the price for that because the good thing about the Japanese game development culture is that it holds its leaders accountable, unlike a certain Mr. Kotek. So I think Matsuda pays the price and leaves Square Enix this year. That's, that's my thought. So, Dark Sakura, do you have speaking something more of, positive? <laughs> speaking of Kotek, I think one way or another the company is going to be purchased and not only is he going to find himself out of a job i have a feeling that there are going to be even more uh legal proceedings against him personally you know people are going to dig up dirt he deserves to have everything thrown at him and buried for it maybe that's wishful thinking but i would love to see a crusty, horrible man in power just suffer. That's all. Um, can't say I would. Uh, f I mean, it, the 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 only problem is he'll just laugh on his bed of money the whole way out, and so that sucks. But I do agree that you know the the name should not be looked on fondly. You know, his the history books can still record somebody's I, name a certain way. I want way. to see him like completely lose just any semblance of future business opportunities all because of this that'll never happen he'll get promoted he'll leave the company and go somewhere else and be like super god of whatever company it is i fucking men sorry don't mean it that way but no i get it i i i sort of yes i think to let to loki saying i do think he ends up on the boards of certain companies but i think the companies he ends up on the boards of are just kind of like they're going to be fucking NFT companies and things that are bullshit anyway. Like that that's how I sort of see it playing out. Not going to have any meaningful right opportunities. Right. All right, let's go. Of course, I have I have another idea, but I'm not going to say it aloud. <laughs> All right. No, uh, it's not violent. All right, fair enough. Okay. Uh let's go. One more prediction from everyone. Loki. All right. So I'm going to give you two just because one's going to be a runner up because it's more of like a wish. And I know it's never going to come true anyway. always breaking but the rules around here. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, so my official one is going to be that Nintendo's going to finally announce that new console that they've got cooking up. It's not coming out until next year, though. I guess that's awfully safe, but it'll be right around the corner. Um, so there's that. And then my, my second, uh, kind of a wish that I would wish would happen is the cocaine bear game is going to be insane and it's going to be awesome. And I just hope it comes out. 
except they're not making a cocaine bear game and i'm that's a very i absolute missed opportunity right there i'm telling you they're not but, making a megan game either and let me tell I you know, that is one I, of the best uh, movies i've seen in a long I time i want to see that there's like i want to see that i want to see cocaine bear and uh i still want to see violent night at some point i just can't you know probably end up having to watch it on streaming so quick aside because you know i love me a good shane story here on olr you know my friend shane who's guested on my stream and has been on this show time and time again over the years he told me he was going to go see megan with some friends and i'm kind of like i don't know if that is going to really be up shane's alley but i'm like i'm dying to know what you think of megan please call me as soon as you leave the theater and he did he called me and he's like that wasn't a horror movie that was a comedy <laughs> but it was funny it looks funny <laughs> and i would say that does it, it isn't really a horror movie it's a comedy it's like it's like see my favorite horror movie is elvira mistress of the dark and that's what most people would say that's not a horror movie that's a comedy and it's like yes <laughs> But it's, I think horror can be yes, a nuanced genre. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There can be funny horror movies. Exactly. And it's even funnier if you just kind of close your eyes for just a second and imagine it's not Megan the Dull, it's Michelle Tanner. It's even funnier. <laughs> All right. Um... Dark Sakura, like, seriously, I will see it again if you need a date. Just saying. Sure. Okay. I I I have a couple of things that I want to see. That one was on we the We should spoiler. do that. We'll do a triple date. Come on. I would love to see that movie. Triple date. Yay. I'd love that. All right. When was the last time the three of us hang out in the same physical space? When we when, I don't know. No, but I remember one of the last times we went on a triple date was to go see the original Avatar, so it would be really fucking funny if the next time we go on a triple date was to see the counter programming to Avatar. <laughs> I still haven't seen yeah i still do actually want to see i'm mildly <laughs> interested in avatar the new one i hear it's good but that was the way i felt about the first one the first one i was like i was like eh, i'm okay and I'm i saw waiting, it i was like it's all right i'm waiting for blu-ray because i know i'm gonna need a poop break with that movie like let's be real that movie is long and i just it's... plan on streaming that one yeah all right um <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Pod Culture says OLR, the movie review podcast. You never know. You know, we have a TikTok now. We could we could record these adventures to the movies. I'm just saying. All right. Um, my turn. OK, some oops. Sorry. Somebody um, actually uh, posted something that's very adjacent to what I'm about to say, which is uh, it is a good thing. And I'm going bold. I'm swinging for the rafters with this prediction, but I think we have a big year for games. That's not the prediction. That's the truth. We have like Starfield. We have a new Zelda game coming out. We have final fantasy 16. We have Diablo four. Like we have game after game after game. This is a huge year for games. And you know what? As long as everybody else is getting in on it, my prediction is valve releases a three. It's 2023. It is time. Valve releases a three. What three? That's up to them. And I'm not going to go that far. Although someone would argue Half-Life Alex was a three, but I, I, we're not going to go there. I'm going to say Valve. There's no three in the title. Releases it doesn't count. A three. Yeah, if there's no three in the title, it doesn't count. Unless, as Bobby Blackwolf says, that title is Megan. That will count. 
which of course is M3GAN. A Valve Megan game will absolutely count, period. <laughs> just just putting that in the footnote. But otherwise, yes, it must have a three. We must have Left 4 Dead 3, Half-Life 3, Portal 3. Like any of these will work. All right. In 2023, this is the year to do it. You have a three in the year title. Yeah, as 200 Matt says, we can keep predicting three with Valve. At some point, it will come true. And the time they will announce it, E3. I don't know. I'm not convinced. All right. I would take a Team Fortress 3. I really would. I think hell, it'd be fantastic. Hell yes. And like, I I would argue Overwatch is vulnerable. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not talking shit. I enjoyed Overwatch 2. I would just say, I don't think blizzard is the king of that hill the way it's assumed they are and i think a team fortress 3 could absolutely disrupt things severely and how funny people are talking about steam deck 3 (laughs) i'm not sure steam deck 3 counts but i think steam deck is just motivation for them to do it so i'll just do counter-strike go to (laughs) like damn it yeah uh, Phil of Nine in chat says, I played Overwatch 2 for a month and was like, wait, this is the same game as Overwatch 1. I mean, if you want to get technical, it's 5v5, yep. not 6v6. <laughs> but I, I get it because I also played for a month and now I'm like, okay, like that was cute. So I would absolutely check out a Team Fortress 3. I, I think y'all laugh, but that absolutely could be the game. And it counts because a 3 would be in it. All right. Last but certainly not least, Dark Sakura, a bold third prediction, bold third three prediction from you. I don't know. I really don't know. Let's... I, I literally cannot think of anything. <laughs> Jamie's prediction? I literally can't. <laughs> but how about you predict a, predict a killer for 2023? And Is this yeah. Jason's year? Well, I have a list, and a few of them have some substantial evidence behind them. Um, So... I am hoping that we get Candyman. That would be amazing, or or a uh, Pumpkinhead. Um, but actually, what I see happening, and this also may be wishful thinking, is that I think they're going to do even more retooling of the game to remove any benefit from camping and tunneling. I think just in general, it needs a rework. You know, they need to skip a a, a patch cycle to just work on the game. Like, it's, thing is, yeah. is that new players are doing it. You see it really heavily at rank reset, and they think that this is how you're supposed to play. And sorry, uh, kills do not equal skills. It means you are cheap and lazy. So let me answer this in chat because I'm going to take this question seriously and give you a serious answer. So Tiger Claw in chat says, how about Megan as a DLC? And as much as I want to jump out of my seat and go, yes, yes, it's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you why. Because go back. She's a child. There's that. that, Well, Android. But yes, I know. Because the the ring uh, is also a child. She's not. But she's not a child. She's 19. Oh, I thought she was a child. All right. Anyway. No, that's only oh, in the just... in the crappy, horrible American version, oh, in the Japanese version. Okay, thank you. There's whole stories of her going to be an actress, how she kills her acting troupe, goes back and her dad kills her. Well, I just always so. think of the I'm sorry, but she has the best 
hooking emotion in the entire game where she has to lift them up and the hook comes down because she shows sword and then goes back up. It's so funny. Yeah. Anyway. No, but, but, but Sadako is canonically a young adult. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, SO2 on Hunter Matt says, what about the Babadook for Pride Month? I totally take it. Oh, I want to go back to the Megan thing and why not? Because of Shane's review. Uh, it's not a horror movie. It's a comedy. And I think ultimately that is that is what it boils down to. If they're going to give us that, then they should give us the comedy that would be an even better. And I'm going to say, yes, this would be even better for um, uh, Dead by Evil Daylight. Dead, though. Oh, no. When I say comedy, I mean, we need Brenda Meeks from Scary Movie. That's the one that we need. <laughs> yeah, the rumor was yes. for the longest time that we were supposed to get Sydney when we got uh, Ghostface, except it's just the Ghostface and not you know the movie character also um, i think unfortunately with what nev campbell's going through i mean i yeah i, well, I mean i'm just said in general but they there's no re i mean jenny ortega is literally everywhere right now there's no reason her i mean i i know i should bite my tongue immediately that i ever say you know sydney is replaceable she's not but let's be real we didn't get heather Loggenkamp with um the they did the yeah. The new version. They did the new version. So we could I would say you'd have a better chance of getting Jenny Ortega. I can't remember her name in the in Scream, sorry. Was it Sam? No, Sam was the other person. I didn't I, yeah. I don't like those movies. But anyway, I I especially because her particularly between that and Wednesday, she's having a real good year. She's she had a really good 2020. Season 2, baby. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, she's she's having a good year. So if if you if you want the, the you know the feel of Harry Potter, but you don't want to support Harry Potter, Wednesday's your ticket. That that is a glowing review, actually. <laughs> I, I mean, am, it's basically Harry Potter. It's except am, without you know without transphobia. Transphobia. Love it. I I and I love. I've always loved the Adams family, so I'm here for that. It's great. I I love that series. We made yeah. our kids watch it, and it's great. <laughs> to to go back though. Yeah. Um, I think that some of these rumored licenses, we are going to start seeing them around. Um, Candyman has been teased for a while, and the actor of the original Candyman was approached to work with Behavior. And they're often saying that they'll work on their chapters sometimes years in advance. Yeah. I would I would love, I mean, I was right about Wesker, wasn't I? Well, it wasn't too hard to predict, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we had Nemesis first, and I was like, it's going to be Wesker. Um, I also um, am thinking that there's going to be a new, another graphical overhaul for some of the uh, areas that hadn't, or that maybe were overhauled a little bit longer ago. And I certainly think that the stupid Borga area, the Knights area, is going to be changed. Um, it, it looks terrible. It looks like old Cornwind. All right. So let's put let's put them in the lock them in. So here, here are the recaps one more time. PSVR 2 impossible to find. PSVR 2 flops. Google Chrome Gamebook bombs. ABK Microsoft merger doesn't go through and an example is made of them. Uh, Matsuda forced out of Square Enix. Kotick forced out of the working world completely. Nintendo finally announces new console for what they're cooking, cooking up next year. Uh, Cocaine Bear game is insane and awesome. Valve releases a three. Literally can't even. I'm still putting that in there. And DBD, Candyman, or Pumpkinhead were the kind of the first two that I picked up there. So, all right. 
there you go. Because I think it'll be funny to look back. Why did Jamie predict literally can't even? <laughs> Is that a prediction? Because I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, and there's going to be new chapters, you know. I mean, we even are talking about other changes coming to Dead by Daylight rumored with very reliable resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll so, get, get to that in a little bit. Yep. Meanwhile, um, probably speaking of Dead by Daylight, let's get to what we've been doing this week in our gaming weeks. So let's get to how was your gaming week, Dark Sakura? Uh, I played Dead by Daylight. Um, I actually played Killer. You oh, know, yeah, for, I peeked at your stream for a little while. bit. And I saw you playing Pig, and I was like, oh, she's back on her Pig bullshit. <laughs> Rob, that Pig game? Adept first try. Oh, good job. Congrats. Right after that, Freddy, adept first try. Lucky you. I almost got adept for Nemesis um, because uh, I actually got a 3K and and the hatch and someone managed to... No, I didn't get the hatch. I It was it was in Cornwinds. It was really hard to find the hatch, so someone got it. But it was a pretty solid 3K, that one. Um and I, I got a lot better with with uh, with his tentacle power, but I had a really shitty um, pyramid head game, and people were just being children, and so I was like, well, "I'm gonna go play another pyramid head game. I got to get another like twenty seconds of chase in." And that's when the power went out. The end oh. of my stream. I had gone a whole hour longer, so I'm not mad about it, but I hated that it was on that terrible pyramid head game. I'm a little worried for you tonight, though, because I think the rain starts around 10 o'clock, 1030. So fingers and toes crossed you make it through tonight's stream after the OLR. See, I'm going to be doing. Um, I, I mean, tonight is quite likely going to be um, a survivor night anyway, um, if, unless Gwen doesn't want to play. And other than that, then I'll I'll find ways of doing things. I'm still trying to work through my adepts. And, 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 if I may say so, I'm doing a subathon. On Friday the thirteenth, oh, starting noon day. to midnight. Okay. Yeah, I picked it on purpose. It's also like the weekend before I go back to work, maybe. So, um, if you want to see the shenanigans, come and come on by. You might even get to play with me. I'll try to make a cameo. I have to work Friday, of course, but I'll try to. Well, it's going until midnight, so you. Got okay, time. I got time in the evening. I was like, I, I have yeah. to travel Friday too, assuming. There isn't another freaking storm because apparently they're all back to back to back. But anyway. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Um, Loki, how was your gaming week? Um, it was all Minecraft again. Um, so I finished up an episode and put that out. And now I'm working in my modded series to I need to film something for that. I've been just actually playing it. So. More to come. All right. Um, my gaming week, I've continued on my MMO stuff, but now I'm kind of doing equal time with Final Fantasy 14 and WoW. And I have to say, I kind of thought I hit the point where I was kind of like, okay, I think I'm done with WoW just because I ran out of things to do. Like I beat the main campaign. I'm not interested in really raiding and all that stuff. And I was like, eh, I could do mythics, but I don't, I don't really know if that's, you know, I'll get a group or whatever. And then like out of the blue, I'm on during world quests and, uh, Extifer from Horde House, his, uh, husband, is playing right now and like sent me a message and went, Hey, you want to heal a mythic for us? And I was like, all right, sure. I'll try. And I'm like, I'm sending all, I'm not very good. I don't know how it's going to go. He's like, whatever, whatever, let's just do it. And sure enough, 
we chained like four mythics. Like we got my keystone all the way to level eight. We beat, or we actually got it all the way to level 10 because we beat Temple of the Jade Serpent on level eight. And I thought that was neat too. I didn't realize they throw classic dungeons, just a few, but like Temple of the Jade Serpent from Pandaria and the Shadow Moon Burial Grounds from Draenor are like actually in the classic rotation of mythic dungeons. I thought that was pretty cool. So, cause that's something I've kind of wanted WoW to do for a while is bring back their old content in a meaningful way and they're actually kind of doing that so i'm going to give them kudos for taking that feedback um but then final fantasy has a big patch on tuesday and i'm prepping for that because island sanctuary is getting updates and i love island sanctuary so i'm really excited about that so yeah mmo mmo did i play anything that wasn't an mmo yes i dabbled with portal the original, but you might remember they recently re-released it as Portal with RTX. And I was curious. I was like, oh, I wonder, I have a newer machine. I wonder how that's going to run. So I fired it up and it turns out it's the first game that my nice brand new computer kind of chokes on a little bit, at least in 4K, which, yeah, you want to do 4K RTX. Okay, look, I know my graphics card's pretty good, but it's not that good. But I can play in like 2K pretty well. So that was that was um that was fun. So you know, Portal's a standby old favorite. I'm glad they're still making that game look good all these years later. I wish they would just do a three, but okay. Put a fresh coat of paint on the classics. At least I didn't I didn't have to pay anything for it either. It was something that was just included because I own the original portal. So that was nice. So um SG 100 Matt in chat says my gaming week was Magfest. I'm so curious how that was this year. You'll have to um tell me more about how Magfest went. I'm curious if you were there too, YYR. Maybe maybe you didn't go this year because I know you have uh your your daughter and all that yet now. I don't know if you still go to Magfest, but I'd be super, super curious um how that was for those that went. So oh, he posted a bunch of pics and vids in a thread in our conventions channel on Discord. I did see some of the pics, but I didn't see all of the videos hold on hold on let me we'll do it live let me do this i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna go to inventions and oh we're not seeing anything i'm sorry let me try to figure out what's going on over here um sorry folks oh i think this is because of the update they just did there we go okay uh yeah this is interesting so they have some actual machines that are there yeah, I did see some of these. So I saw that there's like plenty of sound Voltex machines that they have set up. And so, wow, like three Step Maniacs cabs. So they were set for the music game fans. Ooh, there's some poking for... I just got cabs. one of those nearby too. They opened up a brand new arcade here in the Folsom Outlets. Oh. And they've got a Step Maniacs there in, a, in, a, in the Groove 3. Do you know, totally legit. Do you know why that arcade is totally loaded? It's probably either from the Rockland one or from the drive-in, I'm it, guessing. It is the same guy who stocked the Rockland one in the drive-in that actually runs yeah. that arcade. So that arcade yeah, is going nice. to be a hot spot. Oh, neat. Someone doing a speed run of Portal with Ellen McClain doing commentary. That's pretty awesome. By the, <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Speed- I do actually have some other local news. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, the game room is having a new uh, arcade director. Oh, really? Yeah, that's all I know about it, but apparently Joe is gone. Interesting. Um but uh yeah, I, I was going to say speaking of Ella McLean, um I was uh uh really taken with how much Glados inspiration there was in Megan. That was pretty uh impressive, for sure. Um let's see some indie arcade games. I'm not going to go through all of these videos especially live. 
Typing Party Arcade Game. This is a rock, paper, scissor game where you have to protect your fort from flying rock, paper, and scissors. What is this? Typing Party. This looks kind of fun. I'm waiting for the actual action to happen. Oh, here we go. Oh, so you're actually typing the word that goes with the rock, paper, scissor. Oh, that's clever. So it's like you're on two sides and they're throwing things at each other using the rock, paper, scissors mechanic. All right, that's clever. I like that. Thank you for that video. Um, and let's see, Pin City, what was the one? You said something in chat. Oh, a pinball walkthrough for Dark Soccer, I guess. And any pinball fan out there. It is hard to make out some of these machines, but I see a Godzilla. There we go. The lighting kicked in there. Okay. So it's... Did you play Weird Al? Was there a Weird Al? Oh, yeah. Was there a Weird Al? If Stern had a presence there, not Stern, but a P3. Anyway. Thank you for the videos. It looks like the gaming area is still hopping. I know, oh God, you'll have to go because he sent like seven pinball videos. Unfortunately, I can't play them all live, but yeah, wow. It looks like it was hopping over there. Holy goodness. Like Beat Mania machines right up next to each other, like several of them. Yeah, it looks like MAGFest was pretty off the hook. There's a lot of interesting collectibles in there too. All right. Well, if you want to uh, go through the channel later on, and I suggest you do, head on over to our Discord channel, vognetwork.com slash Discord. And uh, you can actually look for that thread in the conventions channel. There's a thread. You kind of hover over it, and uh, you can see MAGFest 2023 photos, videos. Thank you, Matt, for uh, uploading that. Really appreciate that. And by the way, since we didn't have an OLR last week, may I say congratulations and mazel tov, Matt, on your engagement. Because that happened. Yeah, so uh, thank you for that. Reminded me to say that because we weren't here last week. So, uh, and S2100 Matt says, no Weird Al, sadly. Lexi Lightspeed was a pretty cool, newer to me table. So, Lexi Lightspeed is a pretty fun one, I have to admit. I had a lot of fun with that one. There's some others that I don't like, but my top two Weird Al is at the top, and then Lexi Lightspeed. Uh, Dr. Studio says, yeah, I'm sad we don't have any cons like that near us outside San Diego Comic-Con, but that's a bit out of our price range. They used to have a big one. I don't think it was Barstow. Maybe it was Riverside, but it was somewhere out in Inland Empire. They had like a big, uh, but they they liquidated that whole thing. Remember that? It was uh, it was somebody who brought it up on the show that they were kind of keeping an eye on that as that was liquidating. But yeah, probably the closest thing you have right now is California Extreme that I know of. I'm sure Southern California must have some arcade collectible community there that maybe we just don't know where the show is yet. But anyway, <clears throat> we got to move on. We got to get into uh, the news this week. There still are a few things that happened. Uh, so let's get into it. Some pretty big news uh, headlines to kick off 2023, right, Loki? Yep. There's actually things this week. So um, first off, we've got another studio that is unionizing. Uh, so the Blizzard studio uh, that has worked on, I guess, the World of Warcraft expansion Dragonflight. It's a proletariat um, announced that they're, uh, I guess, planning on unionizing on. Uh, they announced that on Tuesday and they have 60 employees. So um, they have the new uh, Proletariat Workers Alliance and is unionizing with the Communications Workers of America. And they said they have a super majority of support among their qualifying staff at the studio. And 
Let's see what their vision statement says here. What they're looking for. Um, they said, let's see, they want to fight to ensure uh, there are our progressive human first benefits such as flexible PTO policy, remote work as a permanent option, and robust healthcare, open and transparent communication over compensation, and pushing to pay employees a thriving wage, clear, equitable, and actionable processes and resources for workers to attain their career goals, such as professional development, past promotion, and raises. Overtime is never mandatory, and refusing doesn't affect performance evaluations. A uh, transparent process by which management and workers can hold each other accountable without fear of retaliation. Um, and a culture and policies prioritize DEI and every level of decision-making and support underrepresented groups so that we can build the most diverse and equitable AAA game studio in the country. Cool. And apparently um, there hasn't been any pushback on it so far. So there, there won't be for Microsoft. They've made it pretty well known there. They... Well, not Microsoft, but, you know. Oh, regulatory, right. Well, Activision Blizzard, you know, oh, well, they, doing they're, their they're, they're, they, they have no choice and they know it. Like it's this is where it's going. You know, this is and because if, if they were to push back, it could fuck their whole deal with Microsoft. They can't. So it's it is yeah. what it, I think. And this is going to be the first of many you see um this coming uh year that's for sure yeah i think it i'm surprised it's so few so far but it's just momentum once you see more studios going this route then more will follow yep all right well moving on to our next story it is the first week of the year first full week of the year and that means of course awesome games done quick is back and uh awesome games done quick is doing their 2023 speed run marathon um they're going to be debuting some new speed runs this year uh including stray splatoon 3 of course a lot of these games just came out right power wash simulator that's gonna be interesting and neon oh, yes. white yeah are all debuting this year so that's pretty cool uh the event runs from today the 8th uh through january 15th uh is this is all online you may or may not remember originally agdq was being looked at for florida as they had done in the past and you know that was the trend in the past but um you know ag when summer games done quick was in person in uh the mall of america town in minnesota uh when they did uh summer games done quick there they were taking covid precautions very seriously probably to a further extent than you have probably seen probably any other convention at this point do if you want to go to Bobby Blackwolf's show, because you know he's involved with Games Done Quick with the commentating, and he went, go look for his episode that goes into all the details about how far their COVID procedures went. But you know what? They worked. You didn't. You know what you didn't hear from Games Done Quick? Any COVID transmission. You didn't hear it. So precautions work. So they took precautions. So uh, there, there is that. And it does seem like uh florida was not going to allow them essentially long story short i'm making a long story very very short but basically the florida was not a safe place to have games done quick between their options for covid and of course not just that but you look at florida's governor and a lot of the holy crusades he's decided to go on recently and it's not a safe place for people in other ways so games done quick we'll do the virtual thing worked so let's do that. So they're going to do the virtual awesome games done quick. Uh, anyway, some other uh, runs. Cult of the Lamb, they're going to speed run as well. That's interesting. 
So that's pretty cool. It'd be too hard. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, Tiger Claw. I'm sure you're going to be watching that. Uh, no Elden Ring, uh, unless uh, they're saying perhaps it's a bonus game, but I, I don't think that was on the schedule. But that's okay, because they mix it up. Uh, of course, AGDQ is raising money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Uh, 2022 raised $3.4 million. Uh, and yeah, they've raised over 41 million for charity since 2010. That is very, very cool. Um, Bobby Blackwolf in chat says, fun fact, unlike previous events, bits and subs on their Twitch channel do not go to charity, but go toward paying the hotel cancellation fees. Wow. So it shows you like how serious they were about this whole thing. So, uh, I mean, it's a bummer. You know what? But in a way, the optics of that make it look like the hotel is taking the charity's money. And so it is kind of a smart move by the Games Done Quick organization, to be honest. <laughs> so because the hotel could have opted to just let it go. Um, but I, I I guess I understand there's employees and things like that that they got to pay. So, you know, there's got to be a middle road somewhere. Uh, interesting. Uh, SG100 Matt talking about MAGFest, since we're talking about COVID precautions, what does that look like in 2023? MAGFest took precautions very seriously as well this year. Everyone had to be vaxxed to masks at all times to enter. And for the most part, everyone followed procedure very well with mild grumbling. Interesting. Very interesting. By the way, speaking of our pal Bobby Blackwolf, I do want to give a shout out because as I mentioned, he does commentating for Games Done Quick and has for a few years now, ever since they went virtual or at least if not the first one, the one right after that. He's been doing it for a while, and he will be participating with this one as well. If you want to tune in, uh, I don't know how he's going to do it because he's going to be back awake in a few hours. His first shift is coming up overnight. So probably by the time most of you have heard this podcast, you've probably already missed his first shift that took a took place at 3 o'clock in the morning West Coast time or 6 o'clock in the morning Eastern. But he'll be commentating for Gungrave, Armored Core Project Phantasma, Bomberman 64, The Second Attack, and Onimusha 2. Those runs are happening overnight tonight. Well, overnight for us on the West Coast. But this is a great opportunity for uh, UVOG network folks in Europe. This is very well timed for you, or even you know places like Japan and Australia, and you know th things that are. Th this is a weird time of the clock for us in the states, but it's a very good time of the clock for those of you in other countries. So if you ever want to hear Bobby Blackwolf do his thing, you get a chance this year. The one you'll probably have a better chance of catching Bobby at will be Thursday at 3.30 in the morning, our time, 6.30 in the morning, East Coast time. Uh, he's going to be closing out the awful block with bad guys at school, and Steven Seagal <laughs> is the final option. Oh, geez. Which uh, apparently is uh, has a lot of lulls behind it, so that's why that's the one that's closing out the block. And then he also gets to do a Mega Man ZX speedrun as they transition back into the less awful games. Uh, part of the uh, show there and that is all overnight for us on thursday but again for europe that's what add five hours that's practically noontime he'll probably be on i mean there's always delays sure. and things like that but practically noontime for um folks uh yeah. in gmt so pretty cool good luck bobby all right let us move on uh dar Sakura, you hinted at this earlier yeah so now people weren't really believing it at first until dbd leaks put out something and dbd leaks for anyone who follows dead by daylight they are some of the most reliable people for any news about what's going to be going on in dead by daylight 
they've they've shown outfits before they're released they've they've given you know uh like the advent calendar i think they knew it before it was released all of this business so um so the ptb the public test beta files are are out and people of course data miners are going to look for whatever they can um so they were finding that his three perks which i mean they're very specific names it's what franklin's demise barbecue and chili and um why can't i think Knock of the out. other one Knockout, yeah, the one I don't use. <laughs> but, I mean, but two of them specifically are named after, you know, things important to the movie. So there are now, um, there were screenshots floating around of it saying, like, like some, I have to find the picture for it again, but it's like replacement, barbecue and chili, blah, 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 rare perk. Whereas if it's specific to a character, it would say, like, rare, the cannibal perk. Um I, I am going to point out, though, saying that the Stranger Things characters, even though their perks were changed, it still has, for me at least, uh, Demogorgon perk, Nancy perk, you know, stuff like that, even though they're supposed to be generics and act like generics. But that's the rumor of what's going on with Bubba's perks. What that means is that the theory is that uh Behavior is going to be losing the license for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, as I recall, isn't it? Wasn't that their first licensed character? Was Bubba Myers was? And then they got Myers Bubba. was. That's yeah. right, Myers was. Um, but at any rate, you know. But this is the character that inspired the game. I mean, the whole meat hook thing that came from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, they even had a character based off of. Off of uh, Leatherface, you know, the hillbilly who ran around with a chainsaw and, you know, grunted a lot. Um, now, the the other thing that gives a little bit more evidence to this is that um, in pulling the, uh, the actual data for it, um, they have uh, also that they're listed as perk barbecue chili underscore name underscore alt. So that's indicating that particular piece of uh, of change. There is hold on, it's going to be one other thing. I've got to find my my other resource because I forgot to link it to you. Um, it's actually this. Uh, I I don't want to play the YouTube video, but it's got the screenshot that I need in it. Um. It's uh one of the one of the videos I follow and he's been completely full of crap before, but is Mint Skull. Um it's uh there is uh he had a screenshot also of some of the code that talk uh for the licensed characters. And the the piece of the code for the licensed character is that next to Leatherfaces it says license expire true. Um, and if you look at other licensed characters, like they checked Ash, um, next to Ash, it was license expire false. Mm. So in, in the end, they're probably going to end up doing with, uh, with Bubba, what they did, what they're doing with the stranger things, uh, the stranger things, uh, content where the character is going to be removed for purchase. 
Um, he will still be in the game. Uh, but if you have not already purchased him and all of his cosmetics, you will not be able to get him again. And the going theory is that it's due to the um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that's coming out. I mean, that was sort of what happened with... Um, Stranger Things. Yeah, the yeah. Stranger Things content. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, the rumors have been floating around about Stranger Things coming back, but some of that was disproven. I was going to say, that's the one thing the DVD leaks thus far has gotten wrong, is the DVD leaks was on this Vecna and... Um, and that they there was reason to believe it, but those ended up being um, uh, fan made renders. Oh, because I was gonna say, t- to be fair, and it looked they, legit. They it could be the next DLC because they were saying it was going to be around the time the night came out, but it could just be as simple as Behavior didn't want to do two licenses back to back because they had just done Resident Evil, and I don't think they've ever done two licenses back to back. So I, it could just you know there's a lot of things that could happen but it could be that the stranger things happen just comes back with vecna and i think they were saying joyce would be an alt for nancy or whatever i don't know it could be all fan wank who knows but that that would all hit the game uh in the next get the the cop guy patch. who i can never remember his name oh um Do- I can, we can get both him and joyce that would be cool it would be cool um, but i think that weren't they saying eddie for the male killer or not male i'm sorry male survivor would be eddie maybe maybe we need Barb back. But I, I but, and, Hopper, no. thank you. Why? Hopper. Why was But you know what? You know what though? <laughs> is it like if they did killer. bring it back, would they bring back Hawkins? So like I need to go load up my uh my Windows partition so that I can rip the content um and see if the Hawkins map is still cuz like all up until a couple of PTBs ago, at least to my knowledge cuz I haven't gone for files since then. Um the maps and assets for Hawkins was still in the game files. I do. Of course, also. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just to say, I, I do want to point out because you had also pointed this out to me and I did go, oh yeah, is that, you know, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, you know, that makes a lot of sense why this is happening. Stranger Things games, those, I think at this point, they were probably making more money from the Dead by Daylight thing than they were from those stranger things games so netflix is playing that stuff netflix Netflix. has probably come around on that finally but you did make a good point you said when the evil dead game came out they didn't pull ash because bruce campbell likes money i mean i'm gonna be flat out about this that's Uh, true back when i saw the man with the screaming brain which was a really crappy movie he was in he was there at uh at the crest and um he was like yeah this movie here paid for my roof this movie here got my kids braces you know and i was like i don't see bruce campbell not allowing his likeness to be used for anything related to uh, to ash so that's just bruce you know that's just uh yeah you know bruce campbell he's he he likes money and I think it could be a timing thing, too, is that these license agreements are probably locked in for about five years. And we're probably past the five years, and now you have this Texas Chainsaw Massacre game coming out. It doesn't add up good. And pr- probably It was probably less for Stranger Things because, you know, it's a different kind of IP. But um, I don't think Ash has been in the game 
more than two years at this point. So probably even wasn't playing then. So yeah, even if evil dead was coming out, it was probably one of those things where like they were locked into contracts still anyway. So who knows? Um, Loco Poco in chat says, it's sad that the license is going to go away, but the license stuff was never guaranteed to stay forever as much as we wanted it. When DVD came to switch, they had to renegotiate Freddy's chapter because it wasn't available with it when it released. Oh, that's a good point. I, I didn't realize that. that. Fair point. Yeah. You know what I would like to see though, like as a surprise, hmm. I would like to see a classic Freddy chapter. Oh yeah. Where I... we, where we get like the, like say we get Elm Street as a map, you know, with the house in the center intact and everything, kind of like the Myers house. Well, we need- I mean, that would be too many things that are exactly the same. Or we have something like Hawkins. You could easily trans uh, translate the Hawkins map into a big boiler room, you know, yeah. the whole yes to all of that. But literally, just Nancy is enough. Like literally, just Nancy would would make so many people ha- happy. <laughs> like- if they- if they did bring out Nancy, though, I would also want Alice. I'm sorry, I, I'm Team Alice in this. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I and you know, it, 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 there's you know, I watched some of those YouTubes you sent me uh, a little later, and some person was kind of going off about how the loss of this license is so devastating because it kind of ruins the oh, whole. Yeah. Um, that was the minstrel video, the right? The whole, uh, I, I don't know, the whole, it's interesting how people make five minute YouTube videos out of two, but here we are with a three hour podcast, so whatever. Um, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> turnabout's fair play. Uh, so, is just how, how horrible it was going to be for the whole like multiverse of horror thing. And I'm kind of like, look, the game still doesn't have Jason. So it's not like it really has everything. And I kind of, th- I kind of think if DBD ever gets Jason, that's the note you go out on. Like we got them all there. There ain't no more done. You know, even though as long as that game prints money, they're still going to keep making DLC for it. But I, I feel like once you have Jason, cause the Friday, the 13th game has got to be over five years old at this point. So I, I have no idea where those licenses sit. I know it's messy, but heaven forbid they can work that out. Jason coming to dead by daylight would be fucking huge to put it lightly. Um, and that that's it. You don't, you don't get any bigger license for DBD than Jason. And that's the note you go out on, to be honest. I would like to see Jason in the game, you know, which honestly, uh, Trapper in my esteem is the, uh, the answer to Jason. Yeah. Being mask cleaver, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. Well, moving on. One place you can t- play Dead by Daylight is on your PlayStation. And uh, Sony had a lot to say at CES. We, we have yet to say it during the show, but Consumer Electronics Show was this week. And usually the CES is more for literally consumer electronics. You know, E3 was kind of spun off from CES to be specifically about, you know, uh, electronic entertainment. CES is like new TVs. Megan dolls would fit in really great at CES. Arcade One Up usually announces things at CES. We'll get to that in a minute. But Sony sometimes does things at CES because remember all the other crap Sony does. And I say that with love. All the other crap like TVs, sound, movies. You know, Sony does get Arts. into consumer electronics. Yes. So they had some things to say at CES, right, Loki? Yeah, they talked a little bit about PlayStation and announced a few things. So one of the things that they announced is a brand new controller. That's uh, this Project uh, Leonardo. And it is almost, it's similar to the adaptive controller that 
Microsoft put out, uh, well, now it's like four years ago. Uh, it looks like two spherical portions of a controller with different buttons on each one. Or I should say, they're almost like paddles. They're they're really large. And it's slightly uh, customizable. I gotta say, though, it doesn't look as customizable as the adaptive controller. Like, that you could really do, like, any possible thing you want with. This looks a little bit more constrained, but... It, at least it's a step in the right direction to add some more accessibility to the PlayStation 5. And um, not sure where it's going to be coming out or when when it's coming out for how much or whatever, but um, it is something at least that they showed off. So that's cool. That's something in the right direction. Um, also announced that the PlayStation 5 has surpassed 30 million units sold which is surprising considering we couldn't get one and they were sold out everywhere. Um, so I guess they're, they're moving units. So that that's good. Okay. Uh, but um, Loki, the lie detector test uh, <laughs> on where to get those units. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. The, well, they're saying that it's going to be um, that they're going to be readily available this year. Uh, we'll see if that actually ends up happening. But, you know, because they've had unprecedented demand, they say, for the console in the last two years, that's why it sold so many. And this is globally, of course. Let's see. So PlayStation 5's in stock. Let's see. Not there, not there, not there, not there, not there. Gee, I can't find one within 50 miles of here at a Target. So I'm going to say that was a lie. Well, yeah, they're saying that's going to be this year. Oh, so I'm oh, assuming that so like, you, you got to give them a little bit of time here. But um, they've basically in December, they said that they've resolved their supply issues in Asian territories. Um, but yet, I don't know if it's necessarily overcome that everywhere else. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's what they're saying. I mean, they can always they could say that now and then three months from now they could just be like oh yeah well whoops we i guess we're just so popular that i just sold out you know so let's just spin it that way all right well back to the good news about the accessibility controller um sj100 matt says i'm so glad that sony partnered with a lot of organizations including able gamers making games more accessible for everyone makes gaming better and more gamers yes to all of that so mm-hmm. That is a very good announcement out of Consumer Electronics Show for sure. The other part of what they said to to be determined, but I'm not sure I believe him yet. But we'll see, we'll see. They sure seem confident in what they're saying. And again, I don't I don't see how the PlayStation VR two can sell a lot of units if there's not a lot of units out there. But anyway. Uh, moving on, let's talk about some news from Arcade One Up out of CES. As I mentioned, they tend to show uh, new machines and so forth at Consumer Electronics Show, and a little bit out of left field for their new machine. Their new machine they announced is a Wheel of Fortune Casino Cade. Uh, so a lot of us, you know, that collect the classic arcade machines, kind of look at that and go, "Huh? What? Why?" But let's be real. It is a market that is untapped yet, and there would be fans of casino games, and yeah, they, they exist, uh, that would be interested in this kind of thing when they may not be as interested in a Tron or a Burger Time machine or whatever you know arcade one up you can think of. So it is expanding their are attempting to expand their audience. So it's interesting, but certainly I look at a, a Wheel of Fortune arcade one up and I go, not for me. Um, but you know, the sights and sounds of casino, I I have a friend. 
that's very interested in collecting these types of casino collectibles because that's what he likes. And so there are people that do enjoy the the fake casino experience. I mean, would they keep making poker, blackjack, slot machine games for Android and iOS if people weren't eating them up? So there's there's a lot of people that like the fake casino stuff. So there's a lot of people that like the real yeah. casino stuff too. But there's a market for this. I just don't think it's any of us. But no, there's that. However, maybe a little more up our alley, the arcade one up infinity game board. So that's it's basically like a giant tablet, but a little more firm, you know, a little more for game night that, you know, you can play like a virtual Uno and things like that on. Um, but as far as like the machine collectibles, uh, they're going to be doing some more deluxe machines. So those are the full size arcade machines. They did uh Killer Instinct, I think, was the big one at uh, CES last year. So they're even bigger than the ones behind me because technically these are three-quarter size on a riser. So the deluxe ones are like true original arcade size. So there's going to be a Mortal Kombat Deluxe with uh, Mortal Kombat 2 branding all over it. But that includes uh, most of the Midway stuff from the 80s or 90s, 80s around that era. There's also going to be a Pac-Man Deluxe, which is basically your Namco greatest hits, you know, your Mappy and so forth. Um, there's also going to be a Ms. Pac-Man Deluxe. So um, they've got those rights issues sorted out where Ms. Pac-Man and Pac-Man are both available. Uh, and a Class of 81 Deluxe, which is the one that's split on how it looks. It's got Ms. Pac-Man and Galaga in it, as there was a famous uh, arcade machine called Class uh, Class of 81 that was just like that. It had them split there. So Yeah, it's funny. Like I read that wrong at first, and I, was, I thought it had 81 games in them. I'm like, dang, the friendly stepping up. No, no, no. I think, in fact, I think Class of 81 Deluxe might literally only have those two games. I don't think it has Probably much more. Does. Um, but the other ones are, oh no, I'm sorry. I, I stand corrected. 12 games in Class of 81. Um, but I don't see a list, at least not readily available for me to grab. But generally, these t- things tend to be like a best of, you know, Namco type of thing. You know, whoever whoever the company is on there. So uh, looking in chat, uh, Orange Riot is talking about the casino going, my parents love the fake slot machine games on Facebook. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I mean, I don't know how recently any of you have been to a casino but if you think casinos now are still pull the lever and that whole thing like yeah those games are still there but that is not the majority of games the majority of casino slot machine games now are like touchscreen type of things where all the slots are there and then the bonus round is a touch game and that's what they're going for with this wheel of fortune thing because they're kind of trying to gamify something that's a little harder to gamify because i think they're actually putting puzzles in it which don't exist in the actual Wheel of Fortune slot machine. <laughs> but okay, whatever. So, oh, thank you, Orange Right says the 12 games in the class of 81 are Ms. Pac-Man, Galaga, Galaga 88, Galaxian, Dig Dug, and Dig Dug 2, Mappy, Rally X, Rolling Thunder, Rompers, Tower of Draga, King and Balloon. See, those games have all been in before, except I think Rompers and King and Balloon. I think now they're, they're they're digging deeper, which it's weird that they don't do things like, um, what the fuck was the dragon game that was in every Namco collection? Oh my god, mm-hmm. you're riding on the backs of dragons. It's a shooting game. Uh, Why am I completely blanking right now? Dragon Spirit. Yeah, Dragon Spirit. I beat chat. I beat chat. I beat it. <laughs> dragon Spirit. <laughs> delay. Delay. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised not putting stuff like that in there. So yeah, and Fenaris is Joust. Joust isn't Namco, but I believe Joust is on that Mortal Kombat cabinet because that's in the classic Midway the archives. Midway, yeah. yeah. So, oh, sorry, Rama's right. You're not riding on the back of the dragon. You are the dragon. See, I got it mixed up with uh, the Dreamcast thing. But anyway, Rob, I know I'm literally firing myself. All right, moving on. Uh, where are we at? Are we? Who has this next story? Uh, is it me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed a story in the sidebar. So I was like, I what is wrong here? Yes, uh, Dark Soccer, you're actually next with a story that is not on our sidebar. Sorry about that. Oh. Um, User oh, error. Oh, gosh. You know, y- yeah. Um, and I, w- I was so focused on, you know, Debbie. So, at any rate, Atari is announcing a new handheld a mini arcade and home console. It looks weird and kind of retro. Um, it's the Atari and My Arcade releasing these three collaborations. So, we have the My Arcade Atari Microplayer, which looks like, you know, a, a desktop, a tabletop arcade cabinet. And then we have... Um, uh, the My Arcade Atari Pocket Player, you know, little handheld, dedicated. I mean, you've seen the My Arcades at the store. They I have look a lot just of them. Like that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about the little personal handheld oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. I don't have. Sorry. I'm, I have the little arcade replicas, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've got a bunch of those too, I've, at least the ones that are good. <laughs> and then the last one is the My Arcade Atari Game Station Plus that actually reminds me in coloration of the Atari 7800 and a little sort of, you know, retro futuristic looking joysticks that have extra buttons and twisties on them. So, um,. And they did clarify that it will include a collection of games from the 2600, 7800, and the arcade. What about the 5200? The best games are on the 50... Fuck them. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, but at any rate... It's a um, ni- it looks better than a flashback does. I, it they, does. It's it a nice looking does. thing. So we'll see what they're like when they come out. I'll reserve some judgment. Better this than that VCS computer or whatever the hell they were trying two years ago. Silly. Yeah. Right. All right. Now that my brain is back on track, Loki, what do you have for us? Yes. Um, So it's kind of cool. We've got the story. We talked about this, I think, a little bit ago where there was a DMCA takedown of Digino Gaming's video on the Heroes of Hyrule, which was an un... It was a work-in-progress game that never made it to the DS, but it was supposed to be coming out on the Nintendo DS, kind of a tactics Zelda game. And it was taken down by, I think, Nintendo themselves. But they have, I guess, um, worked with, you know, or fought fought against it with uh, YouTube, and now uh, it has been able to be put back up. They were able to win their case, I guess. So that's cool. And we get to actually see some information about this unpublished game that Nintendo, I guess, didn't want us knowing about. The only thing that irritates me about all of this is that... Thank you, Malin. Sorry. Off off screen, uh, nice husband bringing me a drink. Um, So uh, the only thing that is disappointing about this is that Nintendo ought to get a strike. 
that's the way this should work. Right. These companies claim things that there isn't their right to claim. They should get a strike. But that's not how YouTube is set up, unfortunately. Right. They uh, basically they they did a DMCA takedown. He counter noticed. So if they said countered again, then they would get a strike on the channel and they would have to go to court over this. Um, But they never, I guess, responded. So. And Nintendo, Nintendo, you do not want that court case. I mean, I know Nintendo is a big, scary company, but this is the type of thing, this video, and maybe Nintendo could read the tea leaves on this. This is the type of thing that catches fire on Reddit. And some fucking lawyer goes, I'll do it pro bono to stick it in Nintendo on this. Like, th- th- and this is the type of thing that just Nintendo doesn't want this. They, they, it was a mistake for them to do this in the first place. And maybe this is their way of quietly admitting that. Um, but Nintendo is smart to not pursue this any further. Exactly, because it's not like it was a project that they're working on right now, as far as we're aware. Um, it's not something that they would be embarrassed by. It's just it's just something that they never made. They decided not to go with it. Well, and there's so much precedent out there where it's like we've seen documentaries about movies that were not made, lost TV pilots that were never meant to actually be on air that, you know, end up getting like the the whole like documentary of things that didn't happen, especially after a certain statute of limitations. Like, again, it's not like this game was scheduled to come out this year. It was supposed to come out in the DS era, right? So like, like, yeah, damn near, damn near 20 years ago, at least 15 years ago. So it's like, it's, it's not worth it to Nintendo to fight this. And, you know, then of course, as the internet is quick to label everything Streisand effect these days, but in part, yes, I guarantee you now more people have seen that documentary. Nintendo ultimately lost this, whether more people saw that documentary because gaming, journalism, Social media, all put that YouTube link this week in announcing that it's back. And that's all these hits now. There it is. Tiger Class says, remember Star Fox 2, a game that was never supposed to be released, but eventually did get released. Well, yes, that's a little different because Nintendo kind of put that out themselves. So it's not really like, but I mean, maybe I could read into that is that maybe Nintendo wanted to do a DS classic someday and put the canceled Zelda game in it. And maybe they're a little worried mm. about that. I mean, that that's the only thing where you might be able to go, oh, that's why they did it. But again, I think they did more damage to their cause because now everybody's copy-pasting that link. But Tiger Claw, you do bring up an interesting parallel is that just because the game got canceled doesn't mean it's canceled forever. You know, and I could very much see a DS classic as something Nintendo does in the future. It's so weird to think that that's where we're at, but a little, a cheap little DS handheld doesn't have to even be 3DS, a cheap little DS handheld with like 25 games preloaded onto it would be huge. And I bet Nintendo does. I, I, there, there, there may be more. Yeah. And VG Realness, hi, friend, in chat says, temper your expectations. It's Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring me down to earth. But I, I just, I feel like a DS classic could be a thing, but maybe not before we have a Game Boy classic. We still need it. Like, if they want to do something real fucking cheap, do it. Don't even backlight it. Do a classic 90s brick fucking Game Boy. Of course, the Tetris license might be a challenge to them. Do you think they dare put something like that out without Tetris? 
I don't know. Yes. Maybe. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Konami. <clears throat> and Konami is teasing more stuff for the year 2023. Not just their Silent Hill stuff, but new developments for familiar series. And I don't even think this means their arcade stuff. Uh, so um, <clears throat> this is the year of the rabbit. So we are planning power-ups and new developments for a familiar series with the aiming of leaping even further. This is a quote from Famitsu. Additionally, we're deeply and quietly progressing on new projects that we have yet to announce to you all. Konami is leaping forward. What a strange tie-in. So by all means, Stupid please Frogger. stay tuned. They have to keep bringing Frogger up. Well, oh. You're probably because I was like, like time pilot, like leaping forward in time. No, it's probably fucking Frogger. Frogger game. That's a Frogger game. <sighs> Good job, Loki. You ruin everything. All right. <laughs> you probably Frogger ruins everything. You're probably right, though. OK, so we're going to get to our next segment before I roll the segment, because um, uh, Dark Sakura has already put this together for us. I do want to quickly mention about the 2020. I still need to talk over it. Oh, I thought I thought this was. uh I, thought, I told you my audio I got got lost last oh, night. Oh, my bad, my bad. Well, then quickly before we roll it, uh I want to talk about the 2023 twist. Um because we kind of threw out a few things. So, uh, of course, the classic game of the week is a segment we do every week here on Orange Launch Radio. Um but ever since what, like 2017, maybe 2016, I'd have to go check on the wiki. But you've been mixing it up for a while now is that one uh- one month out of the year, you will do a different category. Uh, previous categories have included classic 8-bit soundtracks, um, classic pinball machines. Uh, and just last year, Uncles. we had... What's that? Peripherals and yep, consoles. Peripherals. Flag was a personal favorite of mine. Uh, but this last year, we did classic electronic handhelds. This mm-hmm. year, what is the new category officially? Because we've, we've thrown a few ideas out there. But officially, what is our new category for 2023? Classic non-video game games. All right. And what what defines a non-video game game? It's a game that isn't a video game. Perfect. All right. (laughs) Quote it, print it, put it on the back of the box. That being said, let's get to the segment. Now it's time to travel back to a simpler time where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. All right. And Dark Sakura, what did you? Whoa, sorry. Wrong screen. Dark Sakura, what did you pick for the classic game? Said on the screen, it's Mall Madness. Um... Mob Madness, uh, sometimes called Electronic Mob Madness, it is a shopping-themed board game by Milton Bradley. Um, the original was released in 1988 with a talking version in 1989. The game has been updated several times, a new design in 1996, and an update in, ni- in 2004. The last one was in 2020. Oh, and there's other versions, including a Hannah Montana version and a Littlest Pet Shop. The Hannah Montana version actually has the distinction of being the first version that has a dude on the cover. So, um, at any rate, the game was des- uh, designed for players, uh, four players, nine and up, mostly young teenage girls. 
and there were commercials targeting them and spending the money and running all over the place. You know, commercialism. At any rate, um, it had the following contents in the box. There was the box, the game board, the uh, computer, the instruction manual, four rubber pads to prevent the pieces from slipping, uh, six plastic wall pieces, four cardboard shopping lists, two sale items, one clearance sign, eight plastic pawns, uh, two of each color, which are red, blue, yellow, green, and one being male, one being female, uh, 40 plastic pegs to mark the shopping list, paper money that looks kind of like current, you know, American money, but color-coded, um, four cardboard credit cards, and 29 pieces of cardboard to hold the thing together. It's a three-dimensional field that looks like a shopping mall with two stories. Um, there are also um, there's some other places in there, but right in the center is your little bank slash credit card thing. Um, so the the voice the the computer thing uh, dictates where you're playing, um, and uh, it uses like double A's uh, to run. Um, the computer parts are all made in the U.S. It's very keen on saying so. So the computer has two voices, one female, one male. Um, and then there's two credit card slots on top. One is to buy items. The other one is for the banking. Now, except for the 2004 version only uses a female voice. Um, at any rate, uh, you either pay with paper cash or you pay with the, with the credit cards. And you have four credit cards, one called... Fast Cash from Good Sense Bank, Quick Draw from Dollar Days Bank, Mega Money from Big Bucks Bank, and Easy Money from Cash and Carry Bank. Um, now, the stores are the best. The stores have the best names. I Am Coffin Drugstore, Suits Me Fine Men's Shop, Two Left Feet Shoes, Short Circuit Electronics, Yuppie Puppies Pets, Scratchy's Records, that one's pretty funny, Novel Idea Books, Frump's Fashion Boutique, The Right, W-R-I-T-E, Stuff Card Shop, Fork It Over Kitchen Store, Hocus Focus Cameras, Sweaty Sports, Made in the Shade Sunglasses, Chips Computers, that one's clever, Ruby's Jewelry, Dingling Phones, MT Wallets Department Store, and Tinker's Toys. And then you have these four other areas. You have Coneheads Ice Cream Shop, The Restrooms, Vidiot's Arcade, and my favorite name ever, Aunt Chovy's Pizza. What do you buy in the restrooms? You don't. You just donate. Oh. Body stuff. Hocus Focus is my favorite, by the way. Yeah. Um, so basically the objective of the game is to be the first person to finish your shopping list, to get everything on the list, and then get back to the parking lot or whatever your last destination is supposed to be, depending on what version that you're playing. And um, the to make it more challenging in the 80, 90, 96 versions, you could increase your goal to 10 items. Um, and so basically, you're going around the shopping mall. There's some parts where, like, it'll refuse your credit card or nothing will come out of the bank. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. And the first person, of course, to, to do all that wins. Um, I... I, I did not play this. This was not a part of my childhood. It was too expensive and a bad influence, which still doesn't explain why I'm a consumer whore today. Uh, but, I mean, 
overall, it, it's pretty. I actually would love to get everyone together to play one of these, but I'd have to get this version, the '96 version. This may um, surprise you, but as the token gay who had many, you know, lady friends at a certain age, I never played this game either. But you know, I wanted to. You know, I wanted to. This may surprise you, but I have played this game. (laughs) (laughs) It was silly. Did Nelly make you? (laughs) No, I played it with my sister. She had it. Okay, okay. (laughs) We're kids. It does look like it could be fun. It is fun. Who doesn't like going to the mall? No, it's true. I mean, who doesn't like going to the mall? You know what's sad, uh, though? We're looking back at this as, like, you know, the classic not-video game of the week now. But then, like, in ten more years, it's going to be, what's a mall? <laughs> anyway. There's more. Okay. Sorry, I needed chocolate to overcome this. Um, at any rate, Milton Bradley did a line of digital electronic voice uh, board games after this. In 1990... Uh, under their Parker Brothers brand, they did an updated version of a 1984 game called Mystery Mansion that had an electronic voice device. In 1992, they released a game called Omega Virus. I knew someone who had this. I've never played it, and I really want to. So basically, that game uh, takes place on a space station that's infected by an extraterrestrial computer virus. And this one actually has a countdown timer that if you don't complete your objectives before the timer runs out, everyone dies. Uh, so it's it's got a lot more tension to it. But Michael Gray uh, created Mall Madness. He also designed Omega Virus and one other electronic game you might find familiar, Dream Phone. And that's it. You didn't decide to combine the two and make Omega Mall Madness because that sounds like that'd be amazing. (laughs) There it is, your classic not video game. And hey, I think the music isn't bad for me having thrown it together in five minutes. No, you did a great job. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Good pick. Good pick. All right, and then one day it sounds like we'll we'll have to all get together and play this game before we go see Megan. Okay, I'll have to go find a copy. Yeah. Right. It's like, where do you even find old board games? I don't know. So are Mercari. they are they all good? So somebody had joked when the segment started and we were defining it. Somebody said, uh, uh, Miltonius Games in chat said, today's, non, or today's classic non-video game, Tag. Technically, Tag would qualify. So are we only going to get board games in this segment or, or are we going to get like playground games they're, and other interesting they're things? They're purchasable items. Okay, purchasable items. Okay, I like that. Okay, so. You know, like... Not just board games, but, like, different sorts of games that you can play with people around you that you would have bought in a store that aren't fucking cards. All right. At least that aren't, like, playing cards. Well, and if you want to know more, hit that follow button, that subscribe button, that like button, the donate button, the email button, the tweet button. Hit it all. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's move. Just hit, hit a button and hope we see it. Okay. Moving on, let's get to some rapid fire. Do you see what next month is? I can't wait. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that there's going to be some games leaving Game Pass in um, the next, well, week or so here. So by January 15th. um, Anacrusis. uh, We've got Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition. Nobody Saves the World 
Paparazzi and Windjammers 2. Those are going to be leaving Game Pass, and apparently you get a 20% off of those games if you decide to purchase them to keep playing them, like Paparazzi. Who doesn't like a Paparazzi game with puppies? And Roma uh, all the way. Yep. Uh, then, of course, this month we've got some free games with uh, PlayStation Plus and uh, Xbox Games with Gold. So on the PlayStation side, looks like Jedi Fallen Order, Fallout 76, and Axiom Verge 2. Uh, those are going to be your free games for the month. And then on Xbox, we've got, looks like Iris Fall. Uh, which is going to be from the 1st to the 31st, and then from the 16th to the 15th, you also get Autonauts. All right, load, uh, load up yeah. on those free games. I've been doing that with the Epic Store. That whole holiday, I got, like, I only missed one. But you know what stinks? The one game I missed is the one I, like, wanted to play most of all out of all they gave away, and that was Them Fighting Herds. Was the one free game I didn't get during? Oh the yeah, giveaway. I didn't get that either, and yeah. I didn't realize that they were doing that until like well after it was started. I think I did get like Death Stranding for free. Yeah, that was the big one. Um, and then uh, there's some other stuff, but like I can't remember. Yeah. All right, uh, Dark Sagra. So um, Namco uh, is uh, bringing in Galaga to the arcade archives. So. Um, it, uh, of course, we know it came out as the sequel to Galaxian in 1981, but it is one of their most iconic games, and it will be a part of that, uh, re- uh, available to download on PS, uh, PS4 and Switch at 8 bucks. All right. Well, piggybacking on that a little bit and talking about the future of Arcade Archives, on January 26th in Japan uh, is the New Zealand story. So that is pr- probably one that's, game. yeah, I know it's one that's probably lesser known overall, but I know Dark Soccer has certainly picked that as a classic game at some point before. Uh, that is, of course, a sprite-based platformer by Taito, uh, which will be available on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. It was originally uh, in arcades in 1988. It was a love letter to New Zealand. It stars Tiki the Kiwi, and uh, you guide the bird through uh, different mazes. You use balloons and dirigibles uh, to rescue your uh, animal friends that are in cages. So uh, this was uh, 1991 localized for the Nintendo Entertainment System, but they called it Kiwi Craze. But it is the same game if you ever saw that game. So uh, also the soundtrack, a lot of people really dug for that game. And just so you know, that is pretty much in all the streaming services where you find music, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. You can uh, check that out as well. So uh, that is available uh, as well. By the way, speaking of Taito, since I brought them up, I also want to point out it's uh, been announced that they're doing a 70th anniversary celebration in 2023. 70 years of Taito. Uh, but that that's not how long they've been making games, but pretty close. <laughs> uh, but of course, the company behind Space Invaders, Bubble Bobble, and so forth, they've made a commemorative website and a Twitter account. But uh, no word as to what the celebration is going to be just yet. Maybe some type of compilation. Who knows? Uh, of course, Taito originally founded in 1953 by Michael Kogan. Uh, it originally started as vending machines and jukeboxes and then went into electromechanical games in the 60s. And of course, then it all blew up with Space Invaders in 1978, which, you know, was in Japan was serious. The end business. shortage. It was it was pretty big business here too, but probably I would say 
probably Pac-Man was the little more like was the bigger game here. And then Space Invaders was like even bigger in Japan. So, all right, let's move on with some release dates. I'm not sure we have a lot this week, but sometimes sometimes uh, companies are starting to put things out early in the year. Let's travel around the world and check out some release dates. Loki, how about the U.S.? We have a few things. Uh, we have Children of Silent Town on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Uh, Drago Noka on PC and Nintendo Switch. Lone Ruin on PC and Nintendo Switch. Vengeful Guardian Moonrider on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. One Piece Odyssey on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. Oh, I'm sorry, that's actually, uh, yeah. Xbox Series, uh, PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 4, and PC. And that is it. By the way, just quickly in chat before I get to the Japanese releases, um, Miltonius Games in chat said, uh, I, now I want a Taito 70 made by Digital Eclipse, kind of tying into the Atari 50 that came out. And you know, Taito really does have a pretty rich library. They've done compilations before. I had one on Xbox that was pretty good for that era of uh, Taito games. Uh, and, I, and I know things like Rygar arcade version was on it. And of course, like Bubble Bobble, Parasol Stars and that whole thing. And then that made me go, ooh, that's a company that Arcade 1UP needs to get with. Although to be fair, I think Taito had their own smaller reduced machines. They're probably not interested in getting in business with Arcade 1UP just yet. Although I don't know, to be determined. But I was like, if I could get a Bubble Bobble machine, that's, ooh, I think a lot of people would go for a Bubble Bobble machine. That's for sure. So, but anyway. Back on track, let's talk about what's coming out in Japan this week. And uh, the release date for these games on the Nintendo Switch would be January 13th. Uh, really, it's just some new Amiibo this week. Uh, a Sephiroth and a Kazuya figure uh, will both be out released this week in Japan. That's really it for the Switch. Yeah, we don't have another release till the 19th. Looking at the PlayStation 5, okay, we have a couple games there. We have One Piece Odyssey is released this week. Speaking of Namco, uh, they're also putting out Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is out this week in Japan as well. That's it for releases this week. So, oh, right. sorry. YYR says, did you mean Rostan? Rygar was Tecmo, I think. Yeah, you are correct. I got, my, I got my T's blurred, but there was a collection. Because I know I have, oh, well. Uh, old man brain kicking in, but there was some type of oh. compilation I remember having. Rob, I'm mm. older than you. Don't say those things. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, is it my turn now? Yeah. Okay. So um, on the 10th for Xbox, we have the House of the Dead remake. On the 13th for uh, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, One Piece, Odyssey. And then also on PlayStation and Xbox the same day, Dragon Ball Z Kakaroto. Which All is, right. I've been watching the Japanese version, which is better. <laughs> the voice actors are better. Rest in peace, Bulma's voice actor. All right, let's move on. We have a few more headlines for you, and then we'll try to take some calls if anybody wants to call in tonight. So, But I do want to make sure we're wrapped up by uh, 9 Pacific tonight, just because uh, with the storms coming in, I want to make sure uh, Dark Soccer gets some DVD time in, and I also want time to... Um, Take an edible Defuse. and fall asleep. Take an edible <laughs> and fall asleep before the storms come in, to be honest. All right. Do you need to share? <laughs> <laughs> 
because I I don't look I'm I don't go and uh, what I'm talking about is a perfectly legal activity in California, so I'm not doing anything. But um, I only yeah use them when I need to go to sleep. So. All right. Um, I use them for pain relief. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I get it. I get it. Relief. I hear it's very popular for um, lady part cramps. Yes, it very yeah. much is. Oprah, was it Oprah that had a company that made um, edibles for Shark Week? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Very cool stuff. Uh, moving on. Uh, I think we're to Loki. Yes, uh, so the developer behind the PlayStation 2 emulator, Aether SX2, has decided to uh, discontinue development of the app because, of course, um, not Sony coming after them, but, you know, toxic fan community. Uh, apparently, he's they're tired of uh, never-ending online impersonations, complaints, demands, and death threats. Because that's what you do. Reach out to developers and threaten them with death if they don't develop something that's free. Okay. And they're just not going to do it at all. So, yeah. Aetheris X2 is always meant to be a fun hobby for me, not profit-driven. It doesn't make sense to continue working on a hobby which isn't fun anymore. Thanks to everyone who wasn't a dick for the last year. (laughs) So, that is annoying. But I hate people. Some sometimes. people's children. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know how we kind of always talk about like if OLR was going to get big, we would have gotten big years ago. And and but it's kind of in some ways nice that we didn't get big. This is one of those reasons. I'm not to say we haven't had to put up with our share of bullshit over the years, but it's one of those things where it's like some people's children do not mm. know how to act, and it's just. No. It's just, it's so ridiculous. It's, it's just, it's just sad, you know? And on one hand, it's like, don't give those people the time of day, but at the same time, easier said than done. Like, and, and that's the part of where social media, especially Twitter has made it. And, and all my issues with Twitter aside for a minute, like that ability to direct message someone, basically, even if it's not direct, direct messaging him at them and that there's a good chance they're going to read what you say. Like it, it's really gross. And that's why if I do want to get on my soapbox for a minute, why I completely disagree with the direction that Twitter's new owner has been taking the company because he wants to make it by the fact that anybody can buy a blue check mark so that you can yell like that. That's how he wants to make money is that you pay $8 a month and you can yell at celebrities and they have to read what you say. But it's kind of like you do not understand how this works and how you're going to drive people. The, the, the main people from your platform that are lifting your platform up to him because they'll hurt his fifis or track his plane. But anyway, soapbox stuff aside, it's one of those downsides. And I, of course it goes without saying, I shouldn't have to say it to this audience. I really don't think I need to say it to this audience. I think the crowd that would do this doesn't listen to this program. Good, but don't do this, you know, but even I think people listening to OLR are intelligent enough to not do this when it comes to uh, talking to developers, but even consider the way you approach criticism. Sometimes constructive criticism. Good. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Bad. Of course, depending on who it is, because some people need to be told. (laughs) But (laughs) for the most part, uh, you know, especially 
normal people, like people that are working on these emulators and so forth, just like you or me or whatever, like don't don't be don't be this rude. It's not necessary. All a normal. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, there's also a big difference between fuck you, you fucking fuck, and I'm going to, you know, and insert the rest of your death threat here because I'm not I'm not going to say it. Cause somebody's going to quote it out of context. Disgusting. But yeah, you know, there's there's a big big difference between those two things. Also, you know, just don't don't say this stuff even as a joke. It's not a joke. So it really isn't. And people, I I don't understand when people thought started thinking that saying this shit was okay. Yeah. That's what I don't get. Phil of nine in chat says, if people approach criticism with an ounce of kindness, it would be a better online environment. True. Maybe an ounce of maturity as well. You know, that's part of it. For sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, Darsakra, even more with Dead by Daylight, except this feels like a totally separate game sometimes. And, and it kind of is, but I, I, I know that people who've talked to me, you know, bring up Dead by Daylight Mobile in the past. And I I couldn't play the old version, um, but I really was interested in playing the version that they got overseas, which is the NetEase version. It had different outfits and different Mori animation and all kinds of neat stuff. There was even like this Golden Legion mask. Oh, so cool. So now, though, um, we are getting the NetEase version. I am so excited about it. And the more uh, pre-registers that they get um, is opening up uh, new rewards. So, I mean, they're up over 500,000 pre-registers, um, which actually now puts people into the running to win a Wraith statue. Um, they're already giving out all kinds of blood points and iridescent shards and, and all kinds of stuff in game so i think that that's awesome um and they're also giving out other uh special items for pre-registrants like some different cosmetics for meg dwight uh for hillbilly for claudette um and there is a, a pre-registration ritual where you can also get a certain Fang Min account, and that's if you've signed up for all the things, which I was already signed up for most of the things. I only had to do one more thing. Um, although said outfit will also make you a target because it is very bright. But um, at any rate, I mean, the NetEase version of the game just has looked amazing. It had all kinds of extras in it. I mean, and playing on a mobile device is going to be a different experience, but... I thought it was worth mentioning that we are finally getting the NetEase version. Huh. Cool. That's it. I'll have to check it out. Be yeah. Dude, if you, if you do the registration stuff, you get bonuses. Well, I do like bonuses. Yeah. All right. Uh, Loki. Another story from you. And this is, this is a, this, yeah, this we is... don't talk about these series of games very often, but this is, this is catastrophic for the, these fans and it's a bummer. So, um, you know, the Madden Ultimate Team is it's it's a thing. People love their Ultimate Teams and their franchise modes and stuff like that. Well, if you loved it enough to play it during uh, December 28th or the 29th, got some bad news for you. Your franchise save files are probably deleted or corrupted. So they had an issue where it corrupted their online database, corrupted Um corrupting the franchise save files for many users, essentially deleting their custom leagues entirely. 
Uh, and they said, unfortunately, if you've logged in to franchise leagues during this time, your data was affected due to a data storage issue that resulted in the franchise files being corrupted. We know this is important that your franchise or how important your franchises are um, to you. And we are actively working on a restore to fix some of the files via backup. Unfortunately, they're only they are estimating they're only going to be able to recover 40 percent of the user's data. Womp. So a lot of those, it's permanently been um, wiped out. Well, and it's going to make people distrustful of this whole cloud thing anyway, which as we all know, the cloud is just somebody else's computer on the internet is what the cloud is. But it just, it stinks when you can't, like, how did they not have a backup thing in place? Like regular, it's just like, come on. And this isn't some small fry game either, you know? It's wild. Yeah, it's very annoying. All right. Well, um, on a on a somber note, you know, this is the first show of 2023 and we're only eight days into 2023. And already uh, there's been, you know, a number of people that have touched the game industry in one way or another who have passed away. Uh, so just a moment to acknowledge uh, some of these folks that passed away. Um, and there's probably plenty more than this, too. This is just the list in front of me right now. Um, Earl Bone, who was the voice of Monkey Island's Captain LeChuck passed away uh i believe mm-hmm. he was also one of those actors that was that guy because like when i saw the his f- picture you know i was like oh that guy you've seen him in plenty of movies and so forth uh, he was in things like seinfeld um god i'm trying to think what, like what movies he was in um but yeah he's been in quite a few uh, other things he was in world of warcraft doing some voices as well um and so on he's he's done a lot so unfortunately he passed away this week um ken block also passed away, uh, who was involved with uh, some Need for Speed titles, as well as the Dirt series. His cars, because he's a racing guy, also appeared in the Forza Motorsport series. So he has uh, you know some connections to that as well. So again, that was uh, Ken Block, who passed away at the age of 55. That's far too young. Um, yeah, it was a snow snowmobile accident, uh, which is... God, and then you hear that Jeremy Renner was in a very similar thing. He's still with us, but just scary, scary, scary. Be careful. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is a Bills big one. run your snowplow, y'all. Uh, this is Don't a big one. own a snowplow. Like, why do you have a full-size snowplow? Like, seriously. <sighs> um, also passing away, uh, this was pointed out to us on our Discord over at vognetwork.com slash Discord. James Buster Corley, half of the Dave and Buster's title there, uh, co-founder of the Dave and Buster's chain, uh, passed away on January 2nd at his home at the age of 72. So um, that was um, young. Yeah. Unfortunately, it appears he passed away of a self-inflicted wound. So, um, but uh, still his contributions to the gaming culture with Dave and Busters are pretty monumentous. So thank you, Tiger Claw Terminator. Um, uh, LeChuck uh, Earl Bone was in the Terminator films as well. That's right. So anyway. That is it for the stories we had slotted for tonight. I do want to take a moment to open it up, though, to any other questions, comments, and so forth, uh, or any calls. Uh, you can join our green room over at our Discord, uh, over at vognetwork.com slash Discord. And I would encourage you to join the Discord and chat with us throughout the week as well. Uh, Tigerclaw points out the founder of Creative Labs also passed away. That's right. I did see that. I, I neglected that that was in the past week. Um, cause I'm trying to make up for two weeks here, but yes, that's right. He had passed away as well. So we're just, uh, a few weeks into the year and, or not even just a week and a day into the year. And it's, um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I know sometimes it feels like 
because I think there's even been comments on this in Discord. It feels like, my gosh, we're losing everybody this year. But, you know, it's what happens. Celebrities come, celebrities go. It's it's any take any year. Hey, and we hey lose guess a lot what, people? people? What? People die. Yeah. It's yeah. all the time mm-hmm. for many reasons, mm-hmm. which just means treasure your own life and the people that are in it all the more. That's right. Good advice. And it's, there's nothing wrong with saying dead or die or being with people near you after they have died. It's respect for the dead. All right. Just saying. I just... want to be on display at my house before I'm shot into orbit. Do you, do you want something like what the Pope's getting? Where you're on full display? Uh, what, what no, it, no, lay, not like lay that. Lay in state? But, but no, no, no. Not lay in state, but like... I remember being a kid and people having like their memorials in their living room. Hmm. It might, might just be a Southern thing, but it was done well before the funeral industry took over, you know, and became a big financial conglomerate. No, when, when Jim passed away, they, they did something in someone's living room for that. Like I remember, so it's not just a, yeah. Yeah. But, but we don't do that anymore. And I, I, I'm not, I'm going on a tangent. I know I am, but it's been something that's on my mind, honestly enough lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched my girl recently. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about, you know, crying and then things they get wrong in the funeral industry. Um, but I mean, I think that, that instead of treating it like, I mean, yeah, it can be tragic, especially when someone takes their own life. But I think that we need to just embrace it a little bit more, you know, and celebrate that they lived and that they did good things. Um, comments in chat. Uh, Phil of nine in chat says, I'm sorry, wait, let me read this one first from Fanara. It says, my sister wants her body thrown in the back of a truck and taken to the FBI's body farm. Ha <laughs> ha. Y'all are my clever. My stepdad was donated to science. To study uh, uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, Phil of Nine in chat says, I watched Spoiler Alert tonight, speaking of sad movies about dying, but it was beautiful. Uh, and that's not an actual spoiler because it's in the trailer. Um, but uh, you know what's funny? Because it makes me think of uh, gay movies. And you know, to put, put things on a more lighthearted note, I do think it is really funny, going back to Megan, how Megan has made more money at the box office. Because Megan did very well. It didn't make Avatar money, but it made... It like made back its budget and then some already. So the funny thing about Megan is it's doing well enough where like it did better than bros did. If it tells you how the gay community is responding (laughs) to who our real queen is. (laughs) So it's official. Megan has dethroned Billy Eichner as the face of gay cinema. There it is. (laughs) All right. Uh, there's no calls. That's fine. We don't, I don't know. I didn't check on emails, but I don't remember seeing any. I'm sorry. I should. I did. I didn't check on them either. I'm a bad email person. I can look real quick. Sorry. Participate at or. I'm not sorry. I mean, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. You know what? Mm -hmm. There's nothing but, uh, but spam. Yeah. We've been getting targeted with that again lately. Um, I fucking hate it. DJ Rama S in chat says at Rob Roberts. So is that a good thing? Asking about the bros and Megan thing and Tiger Claw uh, says, yeah, at least bros doesn't talk down to the audience who didn't watch it because the movie was bad. I heard the movie was all right. Like the, the Alan actually watched some of it on a plane, but then he realized he was watching it on a plane with some of the content in it and he turned it off. Um, but he said it was funny. And a lot of people say it was humorous, 
But I'm kind of with what you were saying there is like, I don't appreciate that like I'm an asshole or I'm letting down the community or something by not seeing your stupid movie. Cause there's lots of gay cinema out there that doesn't get the type of attention that that movie got. And it's like extraordinarily frustrating that somebody would use their platform to call people that don't go to their, see their movie homophobes. Like, I just think that was, that was such a piss poor move on Billy Eichner who does some funny things sometimes, but does some really not funny things other times. And that is an example of one of the things that's not funny. The category of shitty. Yeah, it's just, it's inappropriate. So as far as I'm concerned, Megan kicking his butt is swift justice, the way Megan would deliver it. I like a strong kick kick in the, (laughs) the pant region. All right. Well, that's it. There's no calls awaiting. I guess I should see if there's any last minute stories just as a formality, but I'm guessing this week, probably not. Um, Not really. I was trying to remember what the name of this thing was, Um, but there's a new like virtual console system, like the Pico 8 that just got released. That's like almost like a super Pico 8, but not. Um, I'm just trying to remember, trying to remember what it was called. Yeah, it's like it's like a fake console like the Pico. Oh, yeah, like the old Sega one, right? Uh, sort of. So it, it's it's basically it's a fake console format that's a virtual machine that you can develop games for. It's like they have you can buy it and then like you can develop for it for free. It doesn't really exist. It's just like it's a arbitrary format that they made up that exists in the digital space. Although it would be gotcha. cool if there was a physical Pico Eight console. Um, but oh, I was have, hearing Pico like the Sega system, so that was me mishearing. Pico, P-I-C-O. Yeah, Pico 8 is what it's called. Um, As so, in Degayo. Yes, like Degayo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember, though, what the new one was. I saw a video on it earlier this week, but um, yeah, I can't remember what the new fantasy console was. Oh, that's what it is. I was looking or for the, the boulevard that the LA Convention Center is on. Um, that leads to the... The best of all the Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. Yeah, so Mama Ellis I don't know. I'll have to find it. All right. Oh, inter- Phila Nine says I used to live near Pico. I guess it's it's one of those like just huge. I think it's probably like a very 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 long street because I I remember going down there when I used to travel down there a lot for work. There was there was Victory and Van Nuys, and those were like the streets that went through the entire fucking valley, like north north side of LA. <laughs> so it's like you talk about Victory and Van Nuys, you could be talking about like seven different cities from Burbank all the way to whatever's on the end of that. Would it be Woodland Hills or even further? Probably even further. So. All right. Well, uh, that's about it. We're going to wrap up uh, tonight. Uh, that is it for another episode of Orange on Radio. Good way to start 2023. Thank you all so much for being here. Appreciate you being here. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard here at Orange on Radio tonight, please tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out on air. Hello. So uh, tell a friend a five, yeah. five star review. Oh, I found it. It's the Picotron. That's what it's called. Pigotron. Okay. Oh, it's just just this thing. All right. Uh, Tell a friend, a five-star review on a site like iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you found this show goes an awful long way. So thank you for those as well. A follow for Vogue Network on Twitch, whether you're here live or not, super appreciated. Uh, And of course, uh, join our Discord server over at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Once again, best of luck to our pal, Bobby Blackwolf. Go to bed. You've got some announcing to do in a few hours. 
Uh, and uh, that's that's about it. Before I get the final, final thoughts, let me start with Dark Sakura with her final thought, because I know you're off to um, do some Dead by Daylighting. Still in my heart of hearts, a filthy pig mane. All right, have a Boop. good stream. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And Loki, your final thought for tonight. I'm hopefully going to be making more content this week. I've got a lot of videos to put out. Always. Uh, My final thought is one game I forgot I played this week was No Man's Sky because I attempted to do the redo of uh, Expedition 7 on stream. I got so frustrated yet again with climbing those fucking mountains just to get attacked by alien thing. Like that was just a poor expedition and I didn't finish it. So my streak of completing every No Man's Sky expedition has been broken. But to be honest, if I'm going to break it on any expedition, number seven fucking earned it. So that's it. That's it for my final thought. We'll see you all here next time in seven days when we do it all again. I hope you all have a wonderful week. We will see you next time. And guess what? The holidays live on with our ending tonight because I forgot to flip it out tonight. So what about it? One more time. We're still within. Are we within 12 days of Christmas? No, I guess we're back. Well, you know what? It's 16 bits now. 16 days of Christmas. Have a good night, everyone. See you next time. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true. See you next week.